Attack of the Killer Podcast. We'll leave the lights on for you. Hotels and motel movies on this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. And, as a special bonus, I admit I was wrong about a film. On this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Attention planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer to another episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. I've officially said it six times now <laughs> in under five minutes. <laughs> this episode we're talking about movies, horror movies that take place in hotels and or motels. So that's a Or bed and breakfasts. Or bed and breakfasts. <laughs> um, places where you sleep and you pay to sleep there. Okay. Um... <clears throat> But first, before we do that, let's introduce you to the podcast crew. He'll always leave a mint on your pillow, Sam Hayes. Mmm, <laughs> <laughs> minty. You sure that's a mint? <laughs> <laughs> After he stays in your hotel, you better use a black light on the room, John Stalter. I'm just going for the Pollock. Jesus. That's not a stippled ceiling. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> he also dresses in his mother cl- mother's clothes and kills women in showers. Jason Bollinger. Hey, everybody. <laughs> What's up? She's with room service, and she'll fluff your pillow. Terry Turfer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my. Hey, everybody. <laughs> And our very special guest, staying in the presidential suite, Susie, Ru- Susie Rudolph. Hey, guys. What's <laughs> up? As long as it's not 1408. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. How's everybody doing? Good. Good. Great. Good. When do we get to talk about you being wrong about a movie? Yeah, the most what's important that? part. Finally, like, this. knock, knock? No. Oh, no. Uh, no, no. No way. Uh, we'll see if it comes up. What? It won't. <laughs> we'll just see if you guys can figure out which one on the on the old list is uh, huh. the one I changed my mind about. Well, the old list of Rooney? Yeah, the old list of Rooney. <laughs> um, so, well, before we get into things, a couple things here. First off, uh, Patreon. Um, please donate to Patreon and help support the show. Uh, help pay for things like, um, you know, Facebook boosts and stuff. And Jason does this part. Yeah, that's so cool <laughs> hearing you do it. Like yeah. when you say this. Yeah. So, do we, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, with that, we want to give a quick shout out to um, Martin Michelli. Is there Michelli. H- oh. I even phonetically spelled it for you, and you still <laughs> said it wrong. Martin Maselli, <clears throat> who has donated quite heftily yeah. to the show, and that's awesome. Thank you, Martin. Yeah, and, big shout out to Martin. Yeah, Thank you so and much for your support. 
because of that, he gets to pick a uh, movie for us to do a commentary Ooh, on. What's it going to be? Do we announce that now, or should we wait? Oh, man. I think announce it. Why not? It, okay. You got to do it. So, um, well, first off, I should say this is episode 99. Next episode is our 100th episode, so we're kind of going to do try to do something a little extra special for that one. So it probably won't be until episode 101 by the time we get to it. But we will be doing, for Martin, the commentary track for The Mutilator. Yeah. That'll be exciting, because I had never seen The Mutilator before. It's awesome. So yeah, I'm definitely going to watch a, it first before we do the Blu-ray version for us all to watch. And What's that? I said I got a Blu-ray version for us all to watch. And Excellent. It's, I'm Excellent. excited. So again, thanks, Martin, and uh, we will definitely get to uh, that episode ASAP. Um, and that just sounds like fun. I mean, we always have a good time doing the commentaries, and uh, that'll be that'll be a unique one. I yeah. Think. So everyone listening, and if you want to hear us do a commentary, it's easy. Go to our Patreon page, and you get to pick one for us to do. That's right. Well, is that is there a certain level you have to hit to do that? So, uh, I think that's the the mat, the big one is ten bucks a month. Yep. Yep. So awesome. Yeah. So Easy stay tuned money. for that. And also, before we get in the topic, into the tonight's topic, uh, let's uh, do some killer news. Now it's time for killer news. Ripped straight from the headlines on attack on the killer podcast. Mortal Kombat XL has come out, uh, featuring Jason, Predator, the Alien, and Leatherface on PS4 and Xbox One. After all the fans have already spent all their money on the DLC to get those characters already anyway. (laughs) Yep. I I love how they are doing this, though. I I really hope they keep going in this direction. I would like... I wish they would do... Because you had Freddy Krueger... In Mortal Kombat 9. And Unfortunately, I wish... it was the uh, drowned yeah. rat, alien rat Freddy Krueger, but whatever. Yeah, yeah I know. The, the remake cool. of Freddy. Still cool. It's still... Really? Yeah, it, well... It... it was cool he was in the game, just not in the version. Yeah, yeah. I know, I get it, but... I, I, would, I would like it if they did um, that as DLC, too, because... I mean, it just feels like we're getting closer and closer, thanks to... Um, the Mortal Kombat guys to getting like a horror, a horror themed fighter fighter style game, kind of like the old uh, fan game. The was it called Terra Dome, right? To have like, and just so to have one that's like uh, actually licensed would be awesome. Having a little Chucky running around stabbing shit, yeah, <laughs> would be awesome. Yeah, and I I watched a video that showed like all of Leatherface's. Uh, you know, final moves his brutalities and stuff, and his fatalities. It's, yeah, they're freaking awesome. But also, I'm gonna end up spending the money on it. <laughs> oh yeah, me too. And what's also awesome about it is when they're showing these, I, I recognize there's three different versions of Leatherface too. Mm-hmm. There's one where he's dressed as um, the dinner scene Leatherface from the original film, and uh, yeah, <clears throat> very cool, very cool. Anyway, so there's that. Um, and speaking of Leatherface, uh, Scream Factory is announced on April 19th. 
the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2 Blu-ray comes out. And unfortunately, does not come with a can of chili. But it will be a 2K HD uh, release with with a new commentary track, plus previous commentary tracks. There's like three different commentary tracks on this thing. Um, some new outtakes, some new behind the scenes. It's a two-disc um, version. And it's just, it's just chock full of cool stuff, so... That's pretty awesome and exciting. Uh, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love part two so so much. Oh yeah, it's as much as I love the original because it's fantastic. I probably watch part two way more. Oh yeah, but that's understandable, you know. I mean, part one it's easier is easier to watch. Yeah, part yeah, two is easier to watch. You know, part one is, is is sometimes it's not just a sit down and enjoy your evening type of film. You know, just kick back type of movie. So. You know, part and part two is just crazy fun. You got Chop Top and some Savini effects, all that great stuff. Caroline Williams. Caroline Williams screaming literally through the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> um. Also, real quick, uh, Arrow is announced after releasing in June a um, Return of the Killer Tomatoes, so that's exciting for me. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> that hasn't had a good treatment. Really? No, not really. I mean, I think, like, the only ever time it's ever been on a disc format was Anchor Bay, and it was just kind of a dump. You know, just throw it on a disc and call it that. Had the trailer on it, and that's about it. What's that? It said, give us your ten bucks, here's the movie. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. So, and I'm a huge Killer Tomatoes fan. I'll... I'll even being a huge Killer Tomatoes fan, I'll admit I have a hard time with Part Three and Four. They just they try too hard. Um, I knew what was happening by then. Or... Well, there's things I appreciate. I like how um, John Aston's Professor Gangrene character continues on through the franchise, um, and then by the time you get to Part Three and Four, we actually have Killer Tomato for the first time. Killer Tomato puppets with like faces and. And um, and they talk and stuff, but still, um, the tomatoes never have anything to do in in the uh, in the sequels. Even in Return, the tomatoes are you know you know like an afterthought really of what's going on. But I think like the uh, airplane style humor that they were they incorporated more in Return of the Killer Tomatoes. They tried to do even more in three and four, and it just bogged it down too much. And they're just they're just hard to watch for me personally. So well, I'm super excited they're doing the first mm. one. Yeah, yeah. See George awesome. Clooney in all his glory. It's the show's namesake, sort Great of. Book. So what's that? It's this show's namesake. <laughs> you know, kind of. Yep, kind of. <clears throat> Cool. Okay. And then the last thing I want to bring up on Killer News is, you know, the Ghostbusters trailer is out. Yeah, and the polarizing yeah. trailer. Fans are grateful because now they have something new to bitch about. Uh. <laughs> Did everybody get to see the trailer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'm curious to hear um, from Sam because I know he's a big Ghostbusters fan. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Well, uh,. We'll wait and see how it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> see, 
Yeah. Sir, what no, I, I, I appreciate you saying that, you know? Yeah. It's just like, the internet is what everyone gets else so retarded do. about. Just wait. You know, just instantly hating on it, just based yeah. on the trailer. You know, and I'm like, you can't. Well, I mean, don't. you know, obviously, I think most people wish it was the original team that came back, because, you know. Right. That's half of what Obviously. we love about Ghostbusters, not just, you know, the high concept, but, like, those specific characters. But, uh, I mean, at the same time, it's, you know, it's clearly something entirely different. It's not trying to be the same thing, you know. Exactly. It's totally different. Yeah. And, uh, like, I don't get, there's, like, a lot of fans who are, like, Oh well, if they just put it in the same universe as the original, then it'd be okay. Like they should make they should put it in the same universe, then I'd be happy. Like why? I mean, yeah. Like Let either it it's something. It's either going to be the same thing or not. Like trying to make it. <laughs> yeah. Like trying to compromise. I and mean, then I, if it is what they yeah. want, the other half of the people are going to bitch about that too. So just. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My so, yeah, problem like, is. Oh. Go. No, yeah. I was just going to say, yeah, that's basically my take is that it's, you know, clearly trying to be something completely different, a little more cartoony. It it does seem like uh, it's it's definitely taking directly from uh, the cartoons, both the real Ghostbusters and extreme Ghostbusters. Like in the trailer, I noticed there's like one little bit where uh, like Kate McKinnon, she's like incognito. Like in that disguise, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like that <laughs> is totally from uh, that real Ghostbusters episode, flip side, where they're like in the. He knows the universe. name of the episodes. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's legit. awesome. Sam's got his own Ghostbusters podcast, probably. So. <laughs> Pretty big geek. That's so uh, awesome. That's wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not wrong with that at all. So I think it's cool that they're, you know, it is more, you know, cartoony. The originals were kind of more grounded in, you know, the real world as, as much as you can have realism with, with a movie like that. Yeah. They were kind of more dramatic, and this is more just zany, crazy, screwball comedy, it looks like, which is okay. Yeah, we've had 30 gonna, years to deal with the thought of ghosts being, you know, well, part of, in that kind of way. It's like, with the original. And there course, could be more... Like dramatic elements to it than what oh, we're yeah. seeing because it, it's a ma- the trailer it's is made minutes. by people who are paid like a million dollars to make a one and a half minute compilation of all the funny pit funny bits of the movie like that's yeah so mm-hmm. there could it, there could be a lot more to it than what you're Easily. getting yeah, yeah I mean I'm sure. I think it looks like it, it could, it's going to be a lot of fun like I'm just hoping to go into it to have fun like I'm trying yeah. not to have any other expectation. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the thing that gives me hope is that, you know, that whole team, that whole comedy team, you know, Paul Feig mm-hmm. and Kristen Wiig, Melissa McCarthy, you know, they're just really good. You know, Bridesmaids is one of probably one of the best comedies in the last 10 years. Yeah. It's yeah. It so looked good. hilarious. So, I yeah. laughed my ass off. It's, so good. it's really fucking good. So that gives me hope. The trailer made me but, laugh my ass off. Yeah. It looked hilarious. Yeah. Looked yeah, amazing. it looked pretty good. Cool cool effect. You know, obviously I wish it was more practical and not CGI, but... 
I love the look uh, of the ghost. It looks I good. do too. Yeah. I like that like white too. blue color to them. I think they yeah. look cool. They look just fine to me as CGI ghosts. I, have, I mean, you know, I, yeah, and I will say I do know like the human ghosts. I think they used you know like actual people for that and just sort of uh, digitally <laughs> enhanced them. Okay, cool. I mean, that um, makes sense. Yeah. So it's not like, I guess to be fair, completely CGI, but yeah, more yeah. practical would be preferable. But you know, hey, that's to be expected in 2016. Yeah. Yeah. Now my big beef with uh, not necessarily the movie itself, it's the people that keep saying, "How dare you ruin our childhood?" Right. They're not ruining so shit have- with this movie. You still have the first two movies. Yeah. You still love those movies. This has nothing to do with those. Maybe you it's ruined It's pissing your me childhood. off that people keep saying that. It's ruining my childhood. Ruining what? How? Just go so yeah. Just go see the new movie. You don't like it? Okay, yeah. so what? Don't ever watch it again. Yeah. Or yeah. don't <laughs> fucking acknowledge it. Or don't go see it so your childhood will remain intact. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You fragile fucking weirdo. It's like, such. I- it's just the most retarded excuse. <laughs> Oh you know, yeah! Like I will say, like probably my, probably my second favorite franchise next to Ghostbusters is Highlander, and there are oh, so nice. many fucking shitty Highlander movies. <laughs> <laughs> and the I gotta second tell you, one. yeah, let me tell you, Highlander: The Source did not ruin the first Highlander. No, you know, as the first fucking, Highlander will always be amazing. As shitty and god awful as those movies are, the sequels, you know. It didn't affect the first one. It still holds up. It's still its own thing. Like I like the third one. It doesn't take away. The third one was okay. It's been it, ages since I've seen it, but I yeah. remember liking it. Yeah, and Endgame is, you know, decent, but, you know. God, Highlander the Source, so bad. But it, you know, it didn't ruin the other ones, so. Yeah, it's, just, yeah, it's a silly excuse. Yeah, because you know what? The last time I put in The Karate Kid with Ralph Macchio, it was still the same movie I remember seeing. (laughs) Jackie Chan didn't show up all of a sudden out of nowhere. Yeah, unless you're going to be like, you know, George Lucas and fucking Memory (laughs) Hole, the original movies, and replace them with, like, crappy CGI-enhanced Maybe it's this. It's, It's like us horror fans have had our favorite movies fucked with seems remade sooner and more than a normie. And not that Ghostbusters isn't horror-ish, but it's definitely mainstream, and it has been. So I know when I started having my favorite horror movies remade, I flipped, oh, I yeah. lost my shit. Oh, yeah, we were all kinds <laughs> pissed, yeah. And it took a while to get over it and, and to realize that, you know, it's they can't take away what you have. So I just, I, I'm telling myself, maybe this is the normies' first big chance to deal with yeah. a yeah, remake. Okay. Maybe, maybe. But, maybe. I mean... It's unfortunate that we don't have Dustin on this episode because oh yeah I know yeah I well I actually Let me ran guess. into him at one of my <laughs> library events and the trailer had already been out and he What'd actually he asked me what I thought about it and I you know I was like I think it looks fun and he's like yeah I don't know uh, Dustin and he, and, <laughs> and he was all like like I don't, I think he's having a hard time not considering it 
like in the same yeah. universe and a remake and, and he's just like I don't know. Or is it a sequel? It says 30 years later. Yeah, I'm confused yeah. on that because the setup of the trailer makes it sound like it is in the same universe. Right. But then it goes straight into the library scene. So but he's just like, and I, you know, I was trying to tell him like, oh, well, don't compare, you know, at least give it a shot and try not to compare before you've even seen it. And, you know, it'll be a lot of fun. And he's like, but how can you not compare? <laughs> I don't know. Well, be, I think he's going to have a hard time with it. But well, to be perfectly like, honest, I, I had a little bit of the of an issue with the um, with the trailer at first, and that was because I wasn't prepared to it not be like the original. I thought I was going in clean slate, but then like realizing that it's it's a different tone and humor, and and I'm not saying I didn't like the trailer, and I'm not going to give the movie a fair shot, and, and or any of the other complaints. How I I was acted. just surprised on how how deep my uh, Ghostbusters roots ran, I guess, because I, I was just a little taken back at first by the trailer, and then I stopped myself, and I'm like, hey, wait a minute, this isn't that's not Bill Murray, you know, that's not Harold Ramis. I'm looking at, you know, this is going to be. It's going to be a different style. It's 2016. It's going to be a different yeah. style of humor. Exactly. You know, I, I just wasn't ready for it at first. I, you know, I thought you were. I thought you I was, were. but I wasn't. But it's not. And again, it's not that I'm not going to give it a chance because I think it's not like the original. And in know? that meantime, you didn't go on the internet and freak the fuck out. Yeah. On everyone. Exactly. <laughs> God. Well, I made the mistake. I don't know. I was what feeling very. You know, was it masochistic when you do torture to yourself? Mm-hmm. And I yes. watched like several YouTube videos in a row of people's reactions to the trailer. Why would you do I don't know God. why I did it. I don't know. I think uh, I was kind of want to do that now, just to. Uh, I was kind. I, I think maybe I was kind of just looking for some hope in humanity. Maybe that there was one out there that said something nice, but no, not a single fucking was one. Was it all <laughs> stupid? They're all just a bunch of, like, pretentious assholes that think they're funny. That think they're being funny by freaking out about a trailer, so... You know what? And even if they end up liking the movie, they'll never admit it. Probably. Exactly. They're like, nope, still sucks. I, just... I mean, I admit it when uh, the Maniac remake came out. I was so fucking against it, and once I saw it, I was like, nope. Fucking amazing movie. Yes, yeah, and I try to get everybody to watch it. Like seriously, give that thing a chance. But see, the thing is, I... it's its own movie. It just happens exactly. to be called Maniac. You know, it's so it's the same thing here. It's its own movie. It just happens to be called Ghostbusters, and they'll probably sample the song, and they'll probably use the ghost symbol or whatever. But it's still it's its own thing. Yeah. <clears throat> I'll admit, though, it was one that I watched. I started watching. It was like the last one I watched. No, so I was already just pissed off at the world. But And I watched one. It was some Canadian guy with a beard. I want to go back and watch more of his videos because it was just like, why the new Ghostbusters is going to suck. And it was like a 20-minute conversation about how, like, it shouldn't be women. But it, but about halfway through, I realized, oh, this guy is being, this guy's doing it on purpose. He's purposely being funny. Because yeah. he's awesome. saying a lot of inappropriate politically incorrect things <laughs> and it was really it was really funny you know about women's place in the home and all that should, and should be uh, women eh <laughs> yeah. over a two minute trailer i know it's just just enjoy the movie you assholes like try to have fun 
Yeah. Why is that so hard? Yeah. It's not Whatever the Ghostbusters happens to being entertained anymore. It's not the Ghostbusters movie's fault that your life's shit. It's yours. Yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah. take it out on the movie. Gosh. Awesome. That should be the quote for the episode. <laughs> but then are we assholes for bitching about the people bitching? Is no, because they're assholes. Circle? Somebody's got to tell them or they're just going to keep doing it. And the world's going to get shittier and shittier. The world already uh, sucks. It does. I opened up a huge can of worms. This episode just turned into bitching about the people who are bitching about Ghostbusters. <laughs> no ghosts. So hotel, motel, horror. <laughs> well, we still have some listeners left. Um, let's try not to call everyone assholes. All the people that hated forward. the trailer, they're, they're gone. They're already gone. Good. So I just want to say hi to Brian. Thanks for staying on. Uh, miss you, buddy. Hope to see you soon. That's going to make his day. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah. So I'm not going to go first this time because I don't want... I, don't, I think I know... Can I guess your movie that you turned around on? Okay, Whoa. you may guess. Innkeepers. God damn it! Oh, yeah! <laughs> damn it! <laughs> well, I looked at the list and I was like, oh, he hated that movie before. So I figured that was probably... Here's the thing. I will never watch a movie... At 2 o'clock in the morning in a hotel room in Vegas on my laptop ever again. Because that, that, that goes without saying. That may be why I didn't like Innkeepers the first time. I watched it again today and I really liked it. I really, really liked it. It was. It leaves a dreamboat. Well, that's one of the reasons made me want to go back and watch it again. Like ever since freaking Cheap Thrills, I just I love Pat Healy and I want to see everything that he's in. So he's, yeah, he's one of the best actors. Uh, and somebody just broke something. Uh, but he's he's one of the best actors around right now. Like he, if I ever got the chance to make a movie, which will never happen, he would have to be in it. Yeah, he's he's that good. And when it's what's what what it is for me, he's just got. I, I really latch on to actors that just have like a different persona about them on screen, whether it's their look or their voice or the way they hold themselves. And he's that to a T, his voice and his look. It's this very unique, you know, it's not a leading man type of look and persona. What? Um, <laughs> <laughs> that fucker's a dreamboat. But uh, yeah, ever since Chief Thrills, I've become quite the huge Pat Healy fan, so... I definitely wanted to go back and rewatch this, and I I can admit when I'm wrong. For Sometimes. the first time ever. For the first time. <laughs> you get one a year, and this is it. Oh. So, rewatch Knock Knock. Let's see what you think. No. I, no. No. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> um. Anyway, but yeah, I I think it's it's very atmospheric. I totally get more of what Ty West was trying to do. I just remember before I just was like, oh, the movie just drags on, and like, and then and then nothing happens at the end. You know, it's just so anticlimactic. And I'm like, I'm watching it today, and I'm like, who was who was that asshole that watched that before? Because this movie's very atmospheric. I fell in love with the characters. I really enjoyed their interaction. Um, you know, so that, you know, just being between those two just keeps me going. But then you get, you know, you got some really spooky stuff. And I don't know if maybe I was expecting a, a freaking poltergeist type of scenario or something. 
Um, but like, I thought the ending was very creepy and 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 very well paid off. So I was wrong. And Keepers is awesome. Heck yeah, it is. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now I'll watch it then. I didn't watch it because you because Mike's like it sucks, so I ain't gonna waste my time. He's ah, my tastemaker. All the more reason to watch it if he says the movie sucks. <laughs> You're right. That's actually the <laughs> truth, isn't it? If that's the case, hey Jason, the original Martyr sucks. Oh uh, no, I saw what it did to you. I was there. That is the worst movie ever. I, I'm 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 totally kidding. I love don't 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 hate me. I love Martyrs. I just can't get him to watch it. So oh, just just wait until I rip the uh, the new uh, movie. Uh, fucking a- new asshole. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. Anyway, so oh, so were we all on the same page on Innkeepers? I didn't see it. I didn't oh. get a chance to get to that one. I I enjoyed it. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but I enjoyed it when I first watched it for sure. Yeah, well, I know there's a total love-hate relationship with Ty West, and I'm one of those people that is a, a love and hate with Ty West. But I'm leaning more towards the love now, because his, like, uh, misses for me are getting smaller and smaller. Well, what, el- what else do you think is a miss? I, I mean, other than uh, Cabin Fever 2, because, I mean, that doesn't even count. Well, now, it, yeah, you're and you're right, you're right. It doesn't... It really, I mean, he just he disowns it, because, I mean, they butchered it. I mean, they edited the fuck... I mean, sure, it was, probably wasn't good anyway, but... They totally destroyed it. Well, he, I I heard him on a podcast once that said you know he basically was trying to make almost like a trauma movie out of Cabin Fever two. Oh really? And so some of that humor that is in the movie that if that is Ty West stuff, I still don't like. It's rather off putting for me. It's it's too across the line of being not being gross out funny, but just being kind of gross out mean. And and um and I'm sorry, you know, Deputy Dewey just needs to go, and he is so all over the second movie. But anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. Um, but that that's that's probably it now because I love I love House of the Devil. I that's, like that's my favorite by far. I like Innkeepers, and I really love The Sacrament. So before it was a fifty fifty split, two movies I didn't like, okay. two movies that I liked, but now it's three to one. So. Sacrament is just fucking depressing. Like when it comes down to it, that's just oh, yeah. such yeah. a great flick. Yeah, you don't feel good. you don't feel good about life after watching that no. one. No. <laughs> didn't he do some VHS stuff that you didn't like? I thought so. Yeah. Oh, what, yeah. what what did he do? Though? I mean, right. He was in the first movie. In or directed? He did the apartment one and the second one. The apartment. <laughs> I don't remember. Where he, he directed... they two are asleep in the camera. Oh, the, oh in the that hotel. One. I didn't that one. Hmm? Did I like that? <laughs> Jesus. I don't I know. Rewatch it and then tell us. I thought I liked it. That one's actually kind of fucked up. I thought you didn't up. like that. I thought I didn't like it. I don't know. No. Why are we keeping track of what you don't the like? VHS movies are hit and miss anyway. What's that? The VHS uh, movies are hit and miss anyway. Like each segment yeah. is just, yeah. yeah. They have yet to be one that's like solid from beginning to end. But I mean, yeah. you could say that about most anthologies, really. Though, yeah. With the exception of Creepshow, but yeah. But uh, 
But I don't know. It, it feels like the misses in the VHS movies are so much more painful to sit through than the misses in, like, you know, I don't know. Um, well, like the wraparound segment for the first one I thought was way more solid than anything else. Yeah, I agree with you. And I like I mean, how the, that carried over. In, okay, but yeah. I like how it carried over in the second one, though, too, mm-hmm. with the rap, the wraparound and that theme that continued. And then, like, when you get to the third one, they just throw it out the freaking window. They throw the concept of the whole entire movie out yeah. the window. There's stuff in that movie that's not even in found footage style. They're just trying to do weird, like, more internet kind of stuff than anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I guess internet videos. Well, and I can accept. I, I can accept you know the weirdness and stuff, but like, or 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 changing the the you know some things about the format. But that wraparound did not make any sense to me in the oh. third one. I was so confused on that. Anyway, what are we talking about? Innkeepers. I like the artwork of the poster I box cover. Innkeepers. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. What I um, learned about this movie is that um, Ty West made this movie around the hotel. Like, that hotel is a real hotel. And um, uh, he he wrote it and ma- wanted to make it in that hotel. So it's really, a the whole piece is about the hotel. And, which is awesome because, and that's going to be a recurring theme for me in particular with this episode of the the atmosphere of the location and the look of that hotel is just awesome and um you kind of want to visit it you know yeah yeah i think they actually they actually shot like in the room that's supposedly haunted for real i think yeah taken it's cool because i mean i watched the making of it today too What's cool is that they uh, they filmed the movie and um, all the cast and crew lived in that hotel while they were shooting it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's like a you know a cool experience that probably not a lot of people get to like you know live more or less on set for however long they shot that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. And I think they were like you know they were like party at night downstairs and. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That that hotel is only like two and a half hours away from me. I want to visit it sometime. Ooh, oh, nice! You should, man. Yeah. Or don't. No, it's scary. <laughs> What's the actress's name? I forget her name. Uh, Sarah Paxton. Sarah Paxton. Yes. Yeah. Sarah Paxton. Yeah, she's awesome in it too. She's really. A... Is she related to Bill? Mm. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, there's <laughs> sisters, brother, sister. <laughs> <laughs> what? <clears throat> Terry, you seen Innkeepers? Yes. And what do you think of it? I said I said it was good when I watched it forever ago. Oh, it's been a long time. Yeah, I, I this one came out when I was still working at the video store, so it was one that I watched like right after it was released. Yeah, I mean, I, I was so disconnected from my first viewing experience when I, when I, um, when I saw the uh, the old man standing behind her at the top of the stairs of the basement. Like, 
I I shit my pants a little bit, and I'm like, I'd seen this before. And I was complaining about how the original ending was so anticlimactic, and here it's like really freaking me out. So isn't it cool when you actually watch movies instead <laughs> of just have them on playing and call? I watching watched them? it when I I oh, watched okay. it that night in Vegas. Maybe I nodded off at some point, maybe, but just maybe. <laughs> I think it's I was trying to watch before. it for the podcast, too, the first time. The first time we talked about it. Yeah. I don't remember, but... Yeah, it is just a really cool... Really cool movie. It kind of reminds me of... Uh... Hey, Terry, do you remember the uh, the Hotel Iowa in Keokuk, like, way back in the day? Heck yeah. We used to hang out there. That's kind of what that movie always reminds me of. Yeah, when it was all abandoned and we'd walk through it. Yeah, it's like this abandoned hotel and we would just like adventure at nighttime and it's really fucking sweet. cool. Yeah, it's just got that cool like slice of life kind of feel to it. And another cool theme that was going to carry through with a lot of the movies that are we're going to be talking about, not all of them, but the majority of them, on just how it's a single location, and I love movies like that as well. Mm-hmm. Movies that yeah. are in a single location like that, and yeah, um, I guess with hotel movies that kind of have to be, but yeah, yeah. I mean, not all of them, but you know, yeah. Um. So yeah, Innkeepers. You know, yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah, and one of my favorite. It's so weird. It's like such a. It seems like such a trivial scene, like so mundane. But like one of my favorite scenes in that movie is just uh, uh, Sarah. I f- is that her character's name too? I forget. I don't. Claire. I forgot. Oh yeah, you're right, Claire. Claire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Claire, but it's just guys. like a scene where she's just like taking out the trash <laughs> at night. That's all it is. But it's yeah. like the most engaging scene for some reason. That's it's hilarious. But it's and then. Like, I thought that when I first watched it, and then I listened to the commentary, and they were, like, talking about how it's their favorite scene, too, for some reason. Nice. It's not just because you hate taking out the trash, and it's that's why it's scary to you. <laughs> it's not scary. It's actually kind of a funny scene, because she can't, she can't open the dumpster door and lift the trash bag up at the same time, so yep. she has to do yeah. the it's a real... one, two, three, and then, like, try to toss it in there, but the... But the trash bag is heavier than she is, so she can only get it like a few feet off the ground before the lid shuts, and and then yeah. she finally gets it in there and it starts leaking, and it's a funny scene. But what's what's also cool about it is that it's it's kind of a one it's a one take scene. There's not like yeah. a lot of coverage on it. It's like the way it's shot in one take, but it's <clears> also just like the performance is just perfect. The timing is perfect, yeah. and it's just got like a weird mood to it. It's just the vibe it creates. I don't know. It's kind of abstract and it seems mundane, but I guess that whole movie in a way, it seems like it should be very mundane, but it, uh, it's very much all about the atmosphere and yes, it's just a good movie. Not, not just the spooky atmosphere, but you know, the other, the other thing that's going on too. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is a really good scene. I thought I there was something else I was going to say about that scene. I can't remember what it was. Oh, my only problem with that scene is that they established like there's not very many people that come to the hotel anymore, 
And during the course of this movie, which takes place in one weekend, the last weekend of the hotel being open, they've only had, like, well, at tops, three people staying at the hotel. So why is there so much trash? Why is that bag so heavy? What's in that bag? (laughs) They've just been waiting a long time to take it out. (laughs) That's what I was thinking. Did you see how much junk food Pat Healy eats? Uh, and he stays so skinny. Yeah. Yeah, man. He must have bulimia. I don't know. <laughs> or, or he likes crack. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Let's go with that. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to be sued for libel. Or is it slander? <laughs> I forget. Sorry, Pat. We love you. <laughs> Since you'll listen to this totally. <laughs> you never know, man. You never know. I'll find him and I'll make him listen. So, Terry, what about you? Hotel movies. Oh, let's see. Um, I did watch Eaten Alive. Oh, nice. Yeah. For this. Sweet. It was pretty good. I know we talked about it in the past with... On the Toby Hooper episode. Toby Hooper and yeah. when we were talking about like Robert England and oh, whatnot. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. he's in I there. <laughs> totally... Uh, what uh, fucking Tarantino totally stole the oh, my God. fuck who likes to fuck line from this movie. Yeah, I know that Straight totally up, right? floored me. Like I Straight se- up, yeah. I hadn't seen Eaten Alive in years and like barely remembered it. Um, and then you know Kill Bill comes around and that line's in there. And then I get around to watching. I think the ne- the the next time I had revisited Eaten Alive was for the Toby Hooper episode. And the first line of the freaking movie is, my name is Buck and I'd like to fuck. And I'm like, yeah. oh my god. Yeah. Just lifted it. That fucking you know, it's one thing that, that Quentin lifts um, so concepts like, and ideas and whole storylines from other he's movies. He's taking samples but, like rap artists do. He just mm-hmm. steals people's songs. But the thing that everybody quote unquote loves about Tarantino is his dialogue. Well, he apparently steals that too. Mm-hmm. Yep, not much original that guy. Solo. <laughs> but that's... Um, it was a lot of fun. Like, it was just... I, I didn't really know what this movie was going to be about. I mean, it opens up in a whorehouse. And I'm like, okay, is this the hotel... Is this whorehouse the hotel that we're going to watch this movie in? Which it isn't. It's not really all that important. Uh, other than that chick from um goes and travels to the the hotel and then people go searching for her and basically the whole thing is that there's this psycho redneck who's running this hotel in the middle of nowhere and he has a huge crocodile out back that he keeps as a pet and he occasionally feeds people to it like that's pretty much what happens (laughs) um It's just, it was a lot of fun, though. Like, it was just kind of ridiculous. I don't even... (laughs) Not, like, the greatest movie ever, but... Good, cheesy... Like, I don't don't know. It it, it was a lot of fun, for sure. But there were definitely kind of scary parts, too. I mean, and it had, um... Was it... Was it Marilyn Burns was in that, too? Like, she was... Yep. She plays the, the wife... Right, yeah. She's 
she just always had a way of like her face is so emotional like she always gets me scared for some reason i don't i don't know maybe it's just after watching her in texas chainsaw i just envision that every time i see her but yeah no it was good i liked it and when robert england was awesome yep, robert as the douchebag in this William Finley was the uh, guy who played the husband to Marilyn Burns. Their relationship is just weird. Yeah, it's it's strange for sure. Yeah, there's a there's just a whole slew of characters, and then like the little girl like runs under the porch and is just hiding under the porch for most of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> it was just kind of a strange. Uh, you just randomly hear her screaming, and people are like, where's that coming from? And they <laughs> go out looking around and get eaten by the crocodile before they find her. And <laughs> just a strange concept for a movie, I guess, but it worked for some odd reason. Like, I enjoyed it. Well, much like um, how very thinly Texas Chainsaw Massacre is based on a real event... Um, it's very, very, very loose. I mean, it's like Toby Hooper came up with the idea based off of, like, hearing the stories of Ed Gein. And I guess there's, um, a guy who fed people to his alligator or something like that in Texas and where Eating Life came from as well, so. Nice. Yep. It's probably real. Jason, have you seen Eating Life? No. Mm. It's on Shudder. That's where I watched it. Oh, yeah. That's pretty cool. Very cool. Do you like it, Shudder? <laughs> I love Shudder. You trying it out? Yeah, it's we are. It's pretty cool. I like, how, <clears throat> I like how you can search by monster or yeah, that's fun. things like that. That's really neat. It's not the biggest catalog, but I... Uh, it's growing, though. Like They're slowly yeah. adding more. Yeah, but it's got some good stuff that you're not going to get anywhere else unless exactly. you own it. Exactly, yeah. exactly. It's got the it's got both necromantic movies on there for crying out loud. Like <laughs> where are you going to find those? That's definitely something uh, she needs to watch. Right, she got to watch, watch it right away, scene. Terry. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> and I also like the the streaming thing, the 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 live streaming thing. Um, it's like the best oh, of both the Shutter TV or whatever. Yeah, which. Every time I watch it, it's been only three movies, but... <laughs> At least they tell you what movie it is. Yeah, yeah, I like that, too. Um, but one of the three movies is opera, Argento's opera, so I, I watched uh, the last half of that the other day. Like, Woo! Me, too. Anybody else have anything they want to add to Eatin' Alive? I didn't see it, but right now I'm looking at um, some of the pictures, and it it looks pretty good, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of it's a, really good. I kind of think of it as like that that bridge film for Hooper, because it has that rough around the edges look and feel to it that Texas Chainsaw was. Yeah. But it's it it, it was definitely more of a studio job and not so much guerrilla filmmaking as Texas Chainsaw was. So it's kind of it almost feels like that transition from. Texas Chainsaw to like working with uh, within the studio system. So, 
for for Tomy. Yeah. Well, a lot of the movies that I watched, I tried to get on um, <laughs> YouTube or Netflix, and that was a big pain in the ass. But, um, <laughs> I got a few of them in while I was at work, so um, I tried to revisit as many as I could. But this looks really good. I'm going to have to find it. What is one of them that you have revisited? Um, Let's see. I went back in and watched 1408. I didn't get a chance to revisit that one, um, and it's been forever since I've seen it. Uh, what are your thoughts on on that movie? I love that movie. I think it's, um, uh, I don't know. I just think it's really cool that it's going into like a whole different dimension with him. I feel like he's he's. I know he's only stuck in this room, and that um, all these people that have passed away in this room or killed themselves, whatever. Um, are coming back so he could see them, but I just think that uh, it's like he's stuck in, obviously he's stuck in a dimension, and yeah. I still don't know if that, the I don't know, I don't know if the manager of the hotel is real, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if he's one of the ghosts or what, I can't explain it. God, I'm like, trying to remember it. <laughs> it's been way too long for me. Anyone else has seen it? I've never seen it, but it's John Cusack, so sold. Oh, okay. 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 I thought you were gonna say something bad about John. Well, I know. I was oh, worried there for a minute. That, dude. Okay. Good. Gross point blank forever. Um, yes. Yeah. That, that'd be my one of my uh, other favorite movies. Jason and I uh, quote that movie all the time. Ten years. <laughs> ten years. Ten years. That's what my wife put up on uh, Facebook when we've been together for ten years officially. Awesome. And like five. It's fun. That's such a good movie. So, oh, can yeah. we just do a commentary of that? I know it's not horror, but it's so good. <laughs> high Fidelity? I really like High Fidelity a lot, too. Hell yeah. He's so hot in that movie. And it, oh, here we go. <laughs> and then um, and then classic Cusack, man, with like uh, One yeah, Crazy nerd. Summer and yeah. um, Better Say Off anything. Dead. Say Anything, yeah. But 1408, um, any, has anyone else seen it? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's actually not been too terribly long. I know I did uh, Wicked Words on this, cause since it's based on Stephen King's uh, short story. Um, yeah, how, it, how short is the story that it's based on? It's pretty short. Uh, I'm trying to recall, like, I'm pretty sure like there's a storyline with involving... Cusack's daughter and a whole bunch of that kind of stuff in the movie, which does not exist in the story. Like, that was added to kind of expand upon the original story. Because um, if I, the story is just... There's not all of that. It's pretty much he's, like, in the room already, or some or something like that. Like, it's, it's huh. not even long enough to be, like, a novella. It's pretty short, but... Uh, yeah, no, I, I enjoyed the movie though. I, I love Cusack, and you've got uh, Samuel L. Jackson as the the creepy hotel guy. Does a really good job. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how creepy he is, but yeah, he, uh... <laughs> he's kind of hilarious, but yeah, gives off yeah. a creepy vibe. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I just watched it for the first time. I thought I thought it was really good, just like a really good, taut little thriller. Mm-hmm. But I just I love the fucking setup of this movie where yeah 
you know, he's trying to go to the hotel and he just wants to get the room and, you know, Sam Jackson's just dead set on, you know, not letting him stay there. He's like, please, you got to think about this. This is like, people don't come back from this. It's just like such a great setup because they really, you know, hype the room up, hype the threat. And you're just like, oh my God, what's going to happen? You're just waiting for it the whole time. Yeah. So yeah, just a really good hook and setup, and then I just love. It's just like good the you know, the transition from like, him being a skeptic to him you know, yeah, experiencing it, all this stuff like, it's really believable how, just the descent into insanity and. Yeah, it's it's fun because there are so many people who do this. I mean, I know like Flyboy does the paranormal stuff and whatever. And this guy's kind of in a similar realm, only he's all on his own. He's just going and he doesn't believe in any of it. He's just going to sell these books that he hates so he can make money. And and then you just, yeah, you see that turn. And, and the um, the effects are a little, I mean, they weren't... Uh, awful. Like, lots of digital effects, but I didn't hate them when I was watching them, I guess. <laughs> uh, it didn't, it didn't seem like too many, did like, not too much CGI exact, exactly. It's more like just, uh, yeah, there's sort of, like, people that are kind of rendered. I thought it was kind of cool, like, the whole kind of electric, static kind of thing that happens to the ghosts. Mm-hmm. Just kind of, like, you know, kind of blink out of existence. Yeah. Like some TV set. It's kind of cool. For sure. Um, yeah. I like the movie. Good flick. Agreed. But yeah. I, I also, it also occurred to me something just like, uh, you know, I was thinking watching it about how Stephen King kind of seems to have like this obsession with like, people committing suicide by like jumping from hotels. And, uh, I was just, I was just trying to think of like, we know what's the basis of that. And I remembered something I read in his book on writing. And he talks about, you know, when he was a kid, he heard this true story from his mom about this guy who commits suicide, but like jumping from a hotel. Hmm. Um, I'll read it real quick here. I got it. Um, okay, so mom, she said she was 14, then read me a comic. Wait, <laughs> I'm jumping ahead. Okay, on some other day, she told me about the one she saw, the person she saw die, a sailor who jumped off the roof of the Graymore Hotel in Portland, Maine, and landed in the street. He splattered, my mother said, in her most matter of fact tone. She paused, then added, The stuff that came out of him was green. I have never forgotten it. That makes two of us, Mom. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> no wonder he writes fucked up stories. Yeah. yeah. So I want I wonder Thanks, if that, Mom. like... <laughs> I think maybe that's where his, like, obsession with, like, people jumping from hotel buildings comes from, maybe. Huh. Just a thought. 
Is that the is that the secret window book or whatever? Or what's that title of that book that that's in? <laughs> uh, on writing a oh. memoir of the craft. Oh, okay. Um by the way, did you guys see there's like an alter- alternative ending for this movie? Have you guys seen both endings? Oh, I don't think I, so. That sounds familiar, but I can't remember. <laughs> I think I have watched them. I was just wondering what you thought. Cause like, I can't remember what the alternate <laughs> ending is. <laughs> Tell us like, what it is. The, the, end, the ending that I saw that was on the movie is like, basically he, he dies at the end. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, John Cusack dies and then... What? You know, no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, uh, Sam Jackson comes to his funeral and he's got like the charred remains of his like tape recorder that he carried at the hotel and like the tape recorder itself is still haunted and it's so it's like bringing the ghosts out into the world so like now I don't know so it's kind of a I don't know if I would say anticlimactic ending but kind of unsatisfying but then there's like the alternate ending where where he lives, John Cusack lives, and then, like, at the end, you see, like, him and his wife are, like, packing. They're, like, moving into a new place, I guess. And, uh, like, he breaks out his tape recorder from the hotel, and, like, mm-hmm. he, pl- he plays it, and they can hear their dead daughter on the tape, and his wife just freaks out. Yeah, I remember and it that. kind of ends. I kind of like that ending better. Yeah. For sure. Should have went with that. <laughs> the DVD running time is exactly 104 minutes and 8 seconds. So <laughs> I didn't know that. That's which awesome. makes the DVD stop playing time at precisely one hour, one hour wow. 44 minutes and 8 seconds. That's what? Isn't that crazy? Oh my god. There's this here too. Um, there are many references to the number 13 throughout the film. Mm-hmm. The room number is 1408. A- add each of the numbers together equals 13. The room is on the 14th floor, and the hotel skips the 13th floor. Yeah. So the room is technically on the 13th floor. The yeah, room... they... I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he. That a lot of that's talked about in the book, or all the references, or the story. Oh, okay. References to 13. Yeah, the room's key lock It also has 6214 etched into it. Which adds up to 13. Uh, and the first death was in the year 1912, which adds up to 13. <laughs> Even the film's American release date sums to 13, June 22nd, 2007. <laughs> wow. That That's a cool. lot of thought on someone's yeah. part. No kidding. So kudos to that guy. Yeah. I want to know. I want to know how that went. Like, fighting for the running time to be precisely one hour, 44 minutes, and eight seconds. That's probably why they went with that other ending. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like, what do you do? Like, you know, it kind of seems like, why would you, why would you jeopardize the integrity of your film just to make sure it hits that running time? Or do you have it precisely figured out through the T? But is that with credits and everything? Like, you can do with the credits and change Yeah, just stretch out your credits. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, do do a cannonball run style and put bloopers during the credits. <laughs> no, maybe not. 
<laughs> cool. I need to go back and rewatch it. Is it, is it is it weird that Cusack did had two hotel movies come out at the same time? Oh, what other hotel movie are you referring to? I don't know. I can't identity. remember the identity of it. Oh, yeah. should be there. <laughs> yes, identity. But that's weird, right? It is weird. It's kind of weird. It's kind of cool. Maybe is what it is. He's obsessed with hotels too. Maybe. So identity. Well, that's why I didn't watch fourteen oh eight because I saw Identity first and fucking loved it. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like I ain't I ain't risking anything else. I would have to say because I rewatched. What's that? We just talk about Ghostbusters and how to keep an open mind. I know, I know. <laughs> that, that was that was old me. That was old me. <laughs> Change around. There we go. <clears throat> anyway, um. If I have to, if I were to have to say what my favorite hotel themed movie oh. is, yeah. it doesn't even have to be horror. It's going to be Identity Man. I love this movie. I've seen it it's several so times, but good. I rewatched it again today just Lucky. to prepare for the episode. Yes, God, I love this movie. It's so good. It's it's a perfect movie. Yeah, I'm going to say it. Wow. Wow. I guess we're done. Next movie. Okay. All right, let's go. What? We can't discuss it anymore. It's perfect. All right, keep it going. It is a hard one to discuss, though, because you don't want to reveal too much to anybody so who hasn't hard. seen it. Yeah. We can but, talk about the actors. Has everybody seen it on this? It's been ages. Yeah, I, but I did, yeah. love it. I, mean, I, I did love the movie, but it's just been so long. Eyeball, dude. So cool. Oh, oh that God. actor yeah. is amazing. Because, like, <laughs> oh, man. Not only we all know exactly what you're talking uh-huh. about. Not only does he do that freaky thing with his eyeball, but really in those moments... That's a condition, I think. That's like how he actually is. He's like that in every role. But he's a great actor just in general. He he... really is great. Yeah. I didn't think he was in every role doing that. Yeah. No, he's got a... He just has a condition. He really works um, with that character. Yeah. Uh, That movie uh, Monster or something? Yeah. Mm -hmm. With, uh, you know, her... Charlie's there, yeah. He he does a great job in that. He's just in it for a few minutes, but he you know yep. playing the awkward guy, getting a hooker for the first time. But he has that the eye movement thing going on, and just mm, okay, feel kind of bad for him. Well, even beyond the eyeball thing, which adds so much to that character. Um, oh yeah, those moments when okay, I'm gonna shout spoiler alert now because I have a feeling it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen with what I say next anyway. When he, when when his personality is the John Cusack character, I really felt like he was doing Cusack in that moment. Like yes. it, it, I don't know if it was just the way it was, the way the movie played out um, that put me in that, but it, it, I really felt like you know he was doing a really good Cusack without trying to do a Cusack impersonation. He just was that character, and I and just emulated. Cusack's performance of that character. And I thought that was amazing. It was. Yes. <laughs> There's so many awesome actors in this movie. Like no. that guy in the other one. Jake yeah. Busey, Ray Liotta. Wait, wait, did you say Jake Busey? Yes. Yep. Does and the, Isn't the guy... Amanda Pete? He's isn't awesome it, in it. <laughs> uh, what's his face from Scrubs in it? Yeah, and I love that guy. And I... um. I think I seen Identity before I ever watched a single episode of Scrubs. Oh, 
John C. McGinley. And such, oh, he's always fantastic. Yeah, and such a different character than what he played in Scrubs. But I fell in love with that actor through Scrubs. Dr. And, Cox. I'm sorry, I was trying to remember what the hell his name was. I couldn't fucking think of it. One of the greatest uh, characters ever. Yes. Oh my god, he's so good. Yes. But he's just a good actor. I mean, I've yeah, seen him in other things too. But I forgot he was in that. But isn't he like a scaredy cat? Yeah, complete yeah. opposite oh, yeah. of it. Just just scaredy cat, I'm so insecure. Yeah. Like, there's that scene where he's just like talking to his wife who's dying on the bed and just be like, you know, don't leave us. We can't. We will not be able to survive without you. You know, just, just in total desperation to hold on to his wife. You know. <clears throat> I really need to rewatch this movie. Holy crap! There are a lot of fantastic actors. John Hawks, I love. Yeah, him. he's. Gr- yes. Oh man. Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta. Amanda Peet. Yeah, she's yeah. Holy shit! Rebecca De Mornay. Rebecca De Mornay. Mm-hmm. Fuck. God. It. Yeah. It's seriously probably been since it came out on DVD that I'd seen this movie. It's one of those movies that has good. such a uh, a twist, and I know you don't like that. <laughs> well, it's it's, it's valid. It's valid here, though. Once once you see the ending, it's like wow, <clears> that was really amazing. And it, granted, I haven't watched it a second time, but I could see it maybe lessening the impact of the movie for me. Like, is it going to be the same the second time around or the third time around? It's going to be like, better. I think you're right. I agree. I could see I agree that, Susie. I think it's better. Yeah. The movie continually gets better for me every time yes. I watch it. I notice new things. And, I can see that. And even from a filmmaker standpoint, there's sometimes I'll just watch the movie and just in awe of the direction and the look of this movie. It's a beautiful movie. Beautiful movie. The rain and the darkness. The raining the... the whole time and oh. Yeah, I need to give this a, another chance. I mean, I mean, I loved it, but I mean, it's been so long. So yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to pick this up. What's also great is though every time I watch this movie, I distinctly remember the beats and those moments of the emotions I was going through with the first time I watched this movie, mm. and that's why I mean, like it just all flows back every time, and that just shows how impactful this movie is. I just remember that moment when Jake Busey gets away and he's running through the field, and the next thing you know, he turns around and he's back in the hotel. And I just, I just remember my jaw dropping and be like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and then, like, when they start trying, when they, when all the bodies are disappearing and they start to, like, figure out they are all connected in a way. And my brain is going a million miles an hour, just like theirs, those characters are mm-hmm. in the movie, trying to f- make any logical sense of this. And there's the red herring about the Indian burial grounds, and you start. Is this gonna be a supernatural thing? Um, yeah, it was masterful. James Mangold did a masterful job. Yes, yes. Through the whole movie, like watching it again, just the introduction of each character. Um, first of all, is done really quick, which is great because you you got like. 10, well, 11 characters, um, and they are all introduced, and you all learn these characters within a very short period of time, and that's not an easy task, and it's mostly, and it's like, mostly all done through visuals, and also showing the connection between all these guys getting to the hotel, and how that relates to each other, in such, in like 10 minutes, you know, let's just get straight to the hotel and get to what this movie's about. But I didn't just, think about that. 
how yeah. fast it does go that you're introduced to all those characters in such a short amount of time. Yes, yes. And then there's that and then just to kind of cap it off that moment that moment right before the next act before we get into the second act where people start dying. There's like a there's like a scene that that is just like a, some slow tracking shots of each peep, each person locked up in their hotel room where you're just getting a little bit more that there's something a little bit more mysterious going on with each and every character. You got like the uh the hotel clerk who starts hiding hiding like the photographs of people on the desk inside the desk and like uh just starts taking all the mail and and hiding it. Um you're like why is he hiding all this stuff? And then you got um Amanda Peet and she's got the big bag of money in her in her um um closet and you're just like what and that's the thing like all these characters have like have like a darker side to them or or some secret yeah or or some secret and oh it's just so masterful man it really is and and again all of these all these storytelling beats are told through visual and that's an important thing to keep in mind too and then just when those beats happen it's not in any it's not in any sequential order, um, typical narrative order. A lot of it is told out of sequence, but it's like a little piece of the puzzle each time. Like you, you first see the the couple have the tire blow out, and mm-hmm. in the rain, and he's trying to fix the tire. When the wife gets hit by the limo that John Cusack's driving, yeah. But then, but then you flash back to Amanda Pete earlier in the day when she. When she loses her shoe out the car, out of the back of the car, which is what the car runs over that blows out the tire, and amazing. yes, very amazing. Oh, really is. Yep, watching that again tonight. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I really need to revisit it. Yeah. Oh shit. I love the uh, the poster. I've always yeah. loved the poster for this movie. Yeah. The handprint with the people oh. as the fingers. Yeah, yeah. It's a good poster. That was such a good. Did we see it in a the theater together? Did we? I don't remember seeing it in the theater. Huh. Which is a damn shame. God, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> Such a double meaning to that title, too, if you think yeah. about it. You could totally give away the whole, again, twist of the of the movie. What's so amazing about that twist, it's like... By the time I get over that, where I've come to terms with, like... Holy shit! This just blew my mind. Then another twist happens, and then another twist happens, and it's and you're just ah oh, fuck. I mean, it all just makes so much sense, though, too. You know, it was set up perfectly. Yeah, we're just all quietly reflecting about yeah. how much we love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, go see it. I need to see it again. I haven't seen it since it came out on video. But I remember it was like a big... I don't know if it was like a big movie like in in the community, but like definitely around my house. It was like everyone watched it a lot when it first came out and loved it. But I can't remember hardly anything about it. I'm also a sucker for those like motels that have the outside entrance into the room. 
It's like roadside <laughs> Nobody's motels. ever been killed in those before. Oh yeah, no, there's I I love I love the that aesthetic of that of those of those hotels, man. I don't know what yeah. it is about it, but yeah. I think it's just because it feels like so if you stay in one of those, you felt like you just stepped into like 30, 40 years ago. <laughs> You know, and I think that movie, too, even if you have, like, I have friends that are not horror fans, and I've given them the DVD to watch, and they loved it. I mean, it's just it's just enough of a psychological thriller that they can um, watch it without thinking of all the gore and that they don't like scary movies. But yeah. I've, I've given it to so many people, and they just loved it, loved it. Yeah, it's... It's definitely, I think, a good crossover film for those who don't like horror, but I still think there's there's enough, you know, you can call it you can call it a thriller, but I think there's enough there for us horror fans to still consider it one of our own, you know, like um, <clears throat> especially like when when people are getting killed off, it's very it's very Italian giallo like in those moments. Because you know, you're not seeing the killer, and some of it is like POV of the killer and stuff. But and just atmospherically, it's it's they're really creepy scenes, like Rebecca De Mornay in the in the laundry room. Yeah, her head in the yeah. dryer or something, right? Yep, her head ends up oh. in the dryer. Mm. Ah, so good. <laughs> it's so good. What That's else it, is good? Go <laughs> yeah, what I'm else? out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know Who if hasn't you done that. a movie yet. Me. Oh. Well, why not? Because I haven't had the chance to talk about Motel Hell. Oh, oh Motel Hell! <laughs> you weren't here. We did a commentary on this a while back. I get. I don't what? Think about... yeah, yeah, you weren't on yet. We did one. It's because I was never asked. True. Yeah, Motel Hell. So tell us about yeah. Motel Hell. <laughs> uh, uh, it's a movie. Yep. Mm-hmm. I can't. I I can't remember. Are they are they a couple or brother and sister? What's the deal with the two? They're brother and, They're sister. Brother and sister. Okay, that's that's what I thought. Because I mean, Farmer I, Vincent I, ends up marrying the blonde chick. That's right. Which is all sorts of weird. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I rewatched it kind of last night, kind of had it on the background. But, um, yeah, this uh, brother and sister have a, a motel, and he's known for his uh, beef jerky. For his, which is, for his fritters. Fritters, yeah. <laughs> and they're, they're made out of uh, people. Hmm. Farmer Vincent's fritters. Yeah, it it takes all kinds of critters to make Farmer yeah. Vincent's critters. There you go. There you critters. go. God, I can't. None of us can talk tonight. <laughs> Start this episode over. Um, but yeah, uh, Rory Calhoun plays uh, Farmer Vincent, and he's uh, he's lovingly demented. You know what I mean? Like he's <laughs> kind of happy, and it's like let's go kill some people. He's probably the most likable. Like yeah. Killer in any of out of any slasher movie ever. Yeah. Oh, and the the end with the pig mask, the <laughs> chainsaw fight. Yeah. Classic. Yeah, it's such an iconic like picture. Just uh, somebody wearing a pig mask holding a chainsaw. 
Yeah, that might, this... that might need to be my next tattoo. I remember. Like, I just, I just remember this movie being trippy as fuck. Like <laughs> yeah. when they're when they're planning the heads and whatever, or well, the bodies, I guess. Yeah. Out, like that part was just. I don't even remember. It's a psychedelic freak out. They take out their yeah. vocal cords or whatever. And... Yeah, they they slit their throats so they can't they can't talk. Yeah, and it's did, did anybody weird. catch the? Uh, I you can't call it a cameo because he wasn't famous yet. But uh, yeah, um, uh, Cliff from Cheers. Yep, is one of the. <laughs> he still doesn't look because what is he in the band? Yeah, he's one of the band members. Yeah, <laughs> just doesn't look believable as somebody that would be in that band. <laughs> he just looks like Cliff Clavin in like leather. Yeah, like a young like, Cliff Clavin. What's crazy is is uh, and uh, I was just kind of goofing around the other day on um, IMDb and I was looking up Motel Hell and I w- and then I looked up him and Motel Hell was like 81 um, mm-hmm. let's Brother. see if I can see if I can pull it up again um, there he is John Ratzenberger um, so yeah Motel Hell was was uh, was 19 was 80 what did I say 81 80 or well you said 81 but is it 80 i think it's 80 yeah 1980 and then cheers started in 82 oh god it did didn't it yeah <laughs> so so it wasn't was this the role that got him cheers um <laughs> <laughs> looked like a washed up rocker hey you want to play a mailman <laughs> an alcoholic mailman yeah <laughs> that lives with his mother um <laughs> Mommy issues. Yeah. Goes great with our motel episode. <laughs> and then the woman, I can never remember the actress's name that plays his sister, but probably best known as the gym teacher from the Porky's movies. Yeah. I can't remember her name, though. Nancy Parsons? Now, do do we all agree that this, this movie's kind of far more comedy than horror? Oh, yes. yeah. It's, it, yeah. It's... Well, did you read the trivia on it? It apparently was supposed to be really, really dark in the original script. Oh, like yeah. Like bestiality and a lot more violence. Oh. So let's get that movie made. Yeah. That'll be in the remake. Um, well, even that moment when he's got the pig head on. And I, okay, and I remember, too, when I was when I was younger and I was really getting into horror movies and, um, uh, and like, Fangoria became my Bible. And... They had one of those like poster um, issues that was all just posters, and they had that as like one of the posters, the pig head and the chainsaw, and I just I'm just like, what is this movie? And it took me a while before I ever did get around to watching it, but but even that scene is is comical to me. I, I chuckled during that fight scene. Man, you know, this movie would be like prime pickings for a remake, though. Like, can you imagine, like, just such a, like, a not anything that's not anything comedic or any, just, I'd like, actually, super yeah. hardcore, like, modern remake of this would, I'd that be sounds right awesome. That. <coughs> I'm trying to remember I, I um who was going to do it, but there was, there was plans for a remake at one point. Oh, really? Yeah. Um. Let's see if IMDb says anything about it. Hmm. Movie's also got Wolfman Jack. 
isn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. as the televangelist. Yeah, I like the. I really like the the sheriff character because it, it's very untypical of what you would normally see in that type of movie. Because first of all, he's Farmer Vince's own brother. Like he's related to Farmer Vincent, even you know. And then, like, he kind of, for the first half of the movie, you just, you don't like the guy, because he's kind of, he's really being really creepy about hitting on the blonde girl, and this, that, and the other thing, and just not a nice guy, and he ends up being your hero of the movie, saving the girl and all that. But yeah, it's, it's a good movie, very funny. You cannot find anything about the remake, though. Well, I'll search for that later. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Probably. (laughs) I know I remember reading something about a remake and somebody being attached to it that, like, would have been would have been very very cool. But dang it, Justin Bieber. Cooler. I know. How much cooler could that be? But Justin Bieber's mom. There you go. All right. Do, do, do you guys think this is the first movie to feature a chainsaw sword fight? Because this Probably, movie actually, actually. <laughs> cuz this I just saw this actually predates Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, which yeah. also has a chainsaw fight. Yeah. I wonder if they got that from Motel Hell. They could have, but you know, Texas 2 takes it that step further though by shoving True. the chainsaw straight through. <laughs> Um, Leatherface's gut, and then he's still fighting Toby, or still fighting Dennis Hopper, while he's got a running chainsaw sticking out of his belly. It's awesome. <laughs> so good. And then, like, and then, like, uh, Dennis Hopper's got the two smaller chainsaws that he uses one with each hand. That movie's so awesome. I can't wait oh, for man. the Blu-ray. I may watch that tonight. <laughs> So has anybody seen Bug? No. I've always yeah. wanted to. I watched it for for this. I did too. I've owned the I've owned this movie for years and I've never watched it. And so uh, that's kinda one of the reasons why I wanted to do this episode. Just so I could force myself <laughs> to finally watch, watch the movie, yeah. It's messed up though, man. It's crazy. It is. So weird. But again, like what's genius about it is it literally never leaves the room, man. I mean, once they get into the room, it never leaves the motel. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's another movie by William uh, Freak- Freakin. Freakin. Yep. Who did The Exorcist. Yep. He's freaking awesome. <laughs> uh, um. <laughs> But, I mean, the movie stars Ashley Judd and Michael Shannon, which was, I mean, I don't need much more to want to watch a movie. I mean, those are both such great actors, so I was pumped for that. Especially Michael Shannon. Like, I, I'll i watch anything that guy's He's in. in that? Yeah. Oh, I totally need to see this now. That dude is awesome. He's so awesome. Um, it's Yeah, it is a really, it's such a weird movie. Like, it's this guy who's, like, dealing with weird PTSD, and he, like, latches on to this lonely, like, battered woman, and they, like, just feed off of each other's craziness, like... 
Mm-hmm. It's just... It, it made me feel, like, dirty. <laughs> sure. Like, I just felt gross by the time the movie was over. Which, that... I mean, in this case, it's a good thing. Like, it, I think it was just successful. Like, I don't know. It was so well acted and just a fun story. Like, like he, he believes that he's infested with these bugs that, and the government is is the ones that has that infected him with these bugs. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a downward spiral because, like, she falls in love with him. And so she's convinced that she could see the bugs too, and I just and you want to talk about the atmosphere of the location and just watching as as their minds deteriorate into this madness, watching what happens in the hotel room as well. Yeah, like it, that's one of the best parts. Yeah, it just it starts off with like fly strips everywhere, to and then to the point where where you know the shits really hit the fan, where like. The walls are covered in in, in um, aluminum foil, and everything is wrapped in plastic, and mm-hmm. and there's bug zappers everywhere. The whole room is just is illuminated by bug zappers. Yeah. So crazy. So crazy, and oh, she's so they're both so amazingly good in it. Just like as they carry on conversations with people, and then they're just like they just start having little fits where they're swatting at bugs that aren't there. You know, mm-hmm. well, and it's based on a play which I've never seen. Yeah, by Tracy Letts. Like that would be insane to watch on a stage. No, like totally. I don't even know how. I I almost feel like I don't know how they had to change it because I know that um, the writer is the one who also did the screenplay, so I'm sure it didn't change that much. But I feel like the, a movie is a better format for the story. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how well that would go in a play. Well, in a play, I mean, it's just those two, really, right? So, and... Well, you, I mean, you've got others. You've got other characters, but... Crazy boyfriend from prison and... Yeah. Which was... That's the one thing. I'm not a huge fan. Like, Harry Connick Jr. is not the greatest actor. (laughs) I I really didn't like him in this role. No, but I have a, I have a very I have a very big question for you. Um, <laughs> what was real in this movie? Um, <laughs> you're getting way Me- too deep on me, Mike. No, I'm I'm serious though, because like she obviously she obviously has to have mental issues to fall down the the spiral so quickly with him, right? Sure. Okay. So, well, but. I just took it as she, I mean, she had obviously been through a lot of physical and emotional abuse through most of her life, and she had lost her, her son or whatever and all that, like... Well, was that even real? Well... Was there really a son? Um, I guess when I was watching, I never thought that that was a lie. She's the only one that talks about losing the son. The only other time that any of that is kind of like hinted at by any of the um, sub characters is when um, when Harry Connick Jr. comes over and finds the toys on the floor, um, okay. and and the guy's home alone looking at his blood under the microscope. Um, all Harry Connick Jr.'s just like, "You better not have these out when she gets home. She's not going to like that." 
you know so i'm like well what is what does that mean you know and 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 here's the thing that really made me think about like what is real and what's not i mean i believe harry connick was was real i think you're going down the rabbit hole with him mike i think i am i think i am well no harry connick's character what i believe he was real um the girl the 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 girlfriend um the the bff or whatever Uh i believe she was real I don't believe Harry Connick Jr. was the one calling her on the phone in the beginning of the movie. I think that was all in her head. And yeah, and I, I and I don't believe that anything that happened at the end of the movie other than spoiler alert what they did to each other at the end of the movie. Um I don't believe any any of that other stuff was real. Like the do- the doctor that comes in what the fuck? You're blowing my mind. Stop I it. I don't think he was real. Because here's the thing. When that doctor shows up, he there's another guy with him. And he leaves, presumably waiting outside, right, for the doctor? He never comes back. He's just gone. And the doctor, it all starts off like normal, like, you know, hey, the guy is sick. He needs help. But as the conversation goes on, he starts... And, and at first, you know, he's just like, well, he's just playing into the fantasy to try to get, to try to get you know, this guy some help. But, but I don't know, though, because he starts talking about, like, um, um, and he starts talking about how it is a government conspiracy. And it was, you know, the, the military that planted these bugs on him and all this stuff. And, and so the doctor was playing into all that. At well, one point, he was trying to, you know, get him on his side. Well, see, and that's what I thought at first too. But it really bugs me that like that other guy showed. It, it, bug, it, it bugs. Yeah, it bugs me. It bugs you. Um, <laughs> that that other guy shows up out of that other guy shows up uh, basically out of nowhere. Kind of, I can't remember now. Did he he put a chokehold on her or on him? I don't remember. Mm, I don't remember. And then the doctor tells the guy to leave. And the guy leaves, and then and then it, they're in the they're in the motel room forever. Harry Connick Jr. even shows back up, and um, but that other guy never shows back up. Even after the doctor is spoiler alert killed, and he was shot, right? Wasn't he shot? Mm. How did how did he kill the doctor? I don't remember. I don't remember if they shot him or they stabbed him. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it was a stabbing. But still, it was noisy. Yeah, I just, just, I'm like, why why did that other guy never come back? (laughs) To me, it was either that's bad writing or or there's something else going on here. Okay, I think that it's all sort of loosely based in reality. and And there's supposed to be, you know, a lot of give and take on that. But you, you just, just stop. You're you're digging way too deep right now. What about the helicopter? I don't know. <laughs> There's two scenes where a helicopter shows up. It doesn't show but, up. You but that's not real. It. Well, no. Yeah, it's like shaking the walls and all that, and that's there. They have like the they have a shared illusion. Like they're they're sharing this crazy delusion between the two of them, and they're just feeding off of each other. But and, and I and I get that there's a lot left up to interpretation. I just I guess I didn't 
dive into all of the details as much as you did because I'm just like, what? Like, I don't even remember half of the shit that you're talking about. Well, for me, it boils down to, you know, whether whether I believe to be true in the movie or not, what, what impacted me is that the movie, since it's so centric on those two, left me questioning what was reality in this movie. So, right. And I think I, I think that's one of the things they were going for, to be honest. Whether yeah. whether or not the doctor was real or any of that other stuff was real or not, um, I, I just was really questioning what was real by the end of this movie. So sure, sure. But oh man, that ending though. Intense. Oh, very. Yeah. No, it was good. I mean, just watch it for the acting alone. Like these two are just incredible together yep amazing they were they were amazing cool bug should watch it i'm gonna go back and watch it with the commentary see if i'm right (laughs) 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 although the scene with the pizza delivery guy made me laugh i thought that was kind of funny (laughs) yeah that was funny and they just start tearing the pizza apart, looking for, like, you know, bugs or anything implanted by the government. Did they get to it? <laughs> They're shoving slices underneath the micros- in the microscope. That's, uh, yeah, I need to see that now. It's, it's, it's really good. Have you ever seen um, Lunatic, A Love Story? Have you ever seen that one, John? Lunatic a love story? I think that's the one I'm thinking of. Psychos in love? No, not know. Psychos in love. Um, it's also awesome. But no, Lunatic love story. No, I've never never heard of it. It was with Ted Raimi and yeah. I think Bridget Fonda, I want to say. Fuck Ted Raimi. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted Terry to flip out. No, I've, I've never heard of it. Oh, okay. I was going to say it's like it's kind of like that, only way, ser- way more serious, way darker, and way better written so i've never i've never gotten to see this like i can't find it anywhere it is hard to find and it's been years since i've seen it i think i saw it when it was on like vhs originally so um, quite a while ago but uh um but it's just it's similar in the fact that it's just like two extremely paranoid psychologically damaged people um find each other kind of thing Mm. and it just does not end well because they just bleeding into each other's psychosis so but that one i think was is done way more ton and tongue in cheek as you would expect from having ted raimi in your movie but <laughs> i have to look at now because i want to make sure i got the name of the movie right it's lunatics a love story lunatics a love story yeah, i found it yeah yeah Speaking of Ted Raimi, I was saying on the last episode how I was so excited that he was going to be at Horror Hound and at Crypticon, and now he's not going to be at Horror Hound. Mm, He better fucking go to Crypticon, or I am going to break some skulls. Like, not even cool. Terry. What? Got some bad news. Horror Hound. Shut up. No, if you realize as we are recording, we'll, we'll be on the road to Horror Hound this time next oh, week. Oh yeah, we will. The whole nine or ten hour trip. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
So who's gonna get me an autograph for Madchen? Well, you know. Uh, your mom. Well, she, give me she's not going, to talk to so it's gonna again. have to be Jason. It'd give me an excuse to talk to her again. Exactly. So seriously, I love you, buddy. So could you? I'll see. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> but just think, we all get to go to uh, uh, Crypticon together Woo! in Kansas City. Woo! I have three conventions that month. And I'm gonna be broke. <laughs> that's, that's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna be broke. Totally broke. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> Has everyone done a movie? I don't think I have, but I don't know what to talk about. (laughs) Did we already do the ones that you wanted to talk about? Uh. What about Dead and Breakfast? You've seen that, right? How about not? I haven't, no. Uh oh. Uh oh. What? 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 John, do you not like Dead and Breakfast? I've never actually seen it. I'm just following. Oh. <laughs> is that wait? Is Jeremy Sisto in that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sold. I like that dude. Me too. Guy. <laughs> He's great, clueless. Who is it that hates him? I'm, some, most of some America, not probably. friend of mine. <laughs> what? Some not friend of mine. <laughs> uh, he's he's awesome in Wrong Turn. Uh, he's awesome in May. Oh <gasps> yeah! Fuck, okay. I forgot. Oh, it's not in a hotel. Don't care. Well, no, if no one's seen fucking Dead and Breakfast, we won't talk about it. But you should go fucking watch it because it's amazing. I've seen it. Yeah, I've never oh. seen. Well, there you go. Then you guys can discuss it. Well, it's been. I mean, we can. I don't know how much I'll have to say, but yeah, same oh, here. Nashville, it's been a while. <laughs> well, it's just been. It's been years since I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. ditto. I just remember <laughs> it also having um, a small performance in there by um i can never remember the guy's name from the true carry show yeah uh, Bader. Bader. yeah and yeah. he's awesome in it with a french accent and yeah well i my favorite thing is that you've got um the hick guy who's like singing and doing he's like narrating with song yeah and then spoiler alert he becomes a zombie at one point and he continues to narrate in song, but you like I don't know why he changes to like hip hop. <laughs> He's dead, but he does, and I'm okay with it because it's being hilarious. dead is straight up gangsta. I guess they do like Something. a sweet dance and stuff. <laughs> like that's enough for me. Oh, and there's like uh, someone uses. Oh, it doesn't. It has David Carradine too. Oh yeah, yeah. How did we forget that? <laughs> it's like one of his last roles too. Yeah. Yeah, and Before his. Before he had fun. And his daughter is like one of the the main characters ever. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it has just been so long. You know what's what's what I think is weird though. Like two, Dead and Breakfast was two thousand four, and it had that like like you said the the singing narrator narrator. Mm-hmm. And in two thousand five, uh, two thousand one Maniacs came out, which also had. Singing narration. In I don't it. think I've ever seen that. You should check it out. I like, it's good. I like it. Um, what did you say, John? Nothing. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't get into it. Oh, you didn't like it? 
Nah. The second Field of Screams is horrible. I didn't. Oh like god, the that was a shit fest. Like, like a town of ghosts get on a bus and go to Iowa. What? Yeah, I bought this. I bought the second one just because Bill Mosley's in it. <laughs> but it's got some of the worst um, audio. Like they had to ADR everything. Yeah, it's fucking horrible. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, I like the first one, um, but. I'm also a huge Herschel Gordon-Lewis fan, so the fact that they yeah. did a remake of, of 2000 Maniacs is cool in my book. I mean, there's a few things that, that I don't care for in the new one. Like, there's definitely some, there's definitely some uh, I think, inappropriate homosexual jokes in it. Which is odd, because it's directed by Tim Sullivan, who is a um, pretty outspoken um, gay man, so... Oh, really? Yeah. I honestly did not know that. Yeah. And that's also, like, freaking um, Chillerama, which I rewatched again because it's on Shudder. Um, that's good. Yes. <laughs> I love Chillerama, but I hate the werebear segment. Hate. Hate that one. It's just, it's just poorly done, and it's not funny, and it's also very homophobic. But it's directed by Tim Sullivan, so I don't get it. I mean, does that make it okay? Self-deprecating? I don't know. Anyway. Anywho. I did watch one other movie for this. So I feel like I have to at least bring it up, even though no one else has probably seen it. Right. <laughs> oh. Um, it's called Unseen. The Unseen. Nope. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Damn it. You called it. Fuck. Was it good? It was no. alright. I mean, it, it was on YouTube um, in full. I watched it there. It was in. It was hard to. It wasn't. It was hard to say that it was a hotel motel movie because they couldn't get a room in a hotel, so they stay at some creepy guy's house, almost like a bed and breakfast. I don't know. Close enough. Close enough, I guess. They're like these female reporters that are in town to cover this festival and uh they start getting picked off one and one by one by some strange creature slash person that lives in the basement of this house and you come out come to find that well the house is owned by this brother and sister pair who are just weird but you come to find that <laughs> it's like i think i might have spaced out for part of this but um that the creature in their basement, I believe it is their um, inbred son. Hmm. Nice. That is just, like, wanting to play with people, so he keeps, like, trying to <laughs> befriend these girls, but is murdering them, like, through the heating vents. Like, I don't... It's weird. <laughs> I, it's very strange, but... I kind of spaced out toward the end, but I liked it at the beginning. Like, it was it was alright. Um, but yeah, if no one else has seen it, I'm not going to dive into it too much. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds interesting. For sure, yeah. Well, it's yeah, on YouTube. I, uh, I was going to say, I rewatched uh, Psycho for this. Nice. Has anyone else seen that movie? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're talking about the good one, right? Like not 
the crappy remake. I've not turn. seen the crappy remake, so I can't say that it's crappy. Fair enough. But but yeah, the the nineteen sixty <laughs> original sure. Alfred Hitchcock. Hitchcock. Psycho. Cack. <laughs> oh, it's 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 such a good movie. I have the uh, the poster of her screaming in the shower on the wall in my bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Seemed like a fitting place. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> right by my shower. <laughs> I actually uh, got to see Psycho on the big screen a few months ago. Oh, nice. There's a, I'm trying to think of the name of the company. It's like Phantom something or whatever. They, they do these things, uh, at movie theaters around the country, like every Sunday and Wednesday or whatever, they'll play a different movie. Hmm. And, uh, in the fall it was Psycho. So the wife and I took the, uh, Wednesday afternoon off and watched Psycho in the theater with like five other people. Awesome. I did the, last year I did like a stretch of, uh. Black, uh, black and white horror movies at the library during October, and this was one of them that I showed. Granted, we don't have like a full size theater screen, but it was still kind of a big screen. Yeah. I'll, I'll say still that I awesome. watched it on a bigish screen. <laughs> bigish. <laughs> still good. You guys like it? Oh, I love uh, it. Yeah. yeah, it's a classic for a reason. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, if I'm going to compare it to other Hitchcock movies, like, I know this is kind of a quintessential one, but I wouldn't say that it's my favorite Hitchcock movie, but, uh, it's, no. and there is so much of the story is actually like the background of, um, oh, what's her, Mar- uh, Marion, of, uh-huh. of her character, like the whole setup, it, it takes like, I feel like it was like over an hour before you actually get to the base. Yeah, hotel. there's there's a lot of build up. Yeah, for sure. But once you get there, oh man. Yeah. Uh Anthony Perkins is pretty awesome. He's the, he's the best. <laughs> oh yeah. He just so good, you know. You just totally believe that he's this <laughs> he loves Smother. Yeah. Oh. Boy, does he. <laughs> <laughs> a little too much. Yeah, it's interesting. I hadn't seen this in years and years and years, and rewatching it, you know, you realize just how much it's influenced, like, so many other horror movies. I mean, mm-hmm. right out the of the first, gates, yeah. Like, the, the opening first score. toilet. <laughs> yeah. it's true I mean it's true yeah. it's the first, first uh, uh, shot of a toilet flushing in a movie or whatever yeah. oh really yeah ever cause that they wouldn't allow that that was taboo <laughs> yeah uh-huh. everything was taboo at back le- in the day at least in in American cinema or whatever like they wouldn't allow that <laughs> could you show people picking their nose was that taboo too <laughs> I don't know <laughs> <laughs> That I'd never heard of. <laughs> but yeah, like, I was just re-watching it, and like, you know, the, the, the main theme is like, I'm like, holy shit, it's Reanimator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. the same exact music. <laughs> yeah. And then like, you know, 
uh, you know, even the character Sam Loomis, you know, mm-hmm. taken from Halloween, or vice versa, Halloween <laughs> took that. Correct. Because yeah. this and, is uh, before that. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lots of that. definitely lots of nods later on in, yeah. in the genre for sure. And even like you know, the uh, the mother herself, you know, mm-hmm. she. she uh, I think they kind of borrowed from this for Evil Dead 2 because, you know, she talks about the fruit seller. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, I, I noticed that, too, when I was watching it. That, that was kind of a nod for sure. <laughs> I mean, you see references to just the like the mummified mother in the rocking chair like everywhere, too. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just classic classic i know i talked about because it's based on a book and i did a wicked words on this one too oh my gosh um reading but like norman Bates is a lot different like he's really different looking and acting in the the book like he's chubby in the book yeah he's like fat and like much more awkward like he's not like Anthony Perkins, they I think Hitchcock went with him because the the idea of this like you know good looking like nice looking guy who looks like he's your next door neighbor like that him becoming this monster was way more scary than having someone who was already a little scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I thought that was interesting when I was reading the book that you know because you. That. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'd seen the movie so many times already, and so I'm so used to that that uh, stereotypical Norman Bates in my in my mind, and then I read that, and it's just weird. And cool. I mean, and don't forget Bates Motel, like that show is awesome. Yeah, that's what I wanted to bring that? up is that I love that show. I wished everyone had seen it. Yeah, I haven't gotten a chance to check it out. Is it a uh... It's fucking awesome. It's good. What, mm-hmm. What's it like? Is it like about kind of his previous victims and that kind of well, thing? Well, it's, it's, it starts from the beginning on, it's... like, you get to see him turn into what you know is this bad guy. So you get to yeah. see him and his mom and his relationship. and It's good. It's really and, uh... good getting to see it that way, you know, backwards sort of. And, and awkward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're just like, what's, I'm, what's I'm not all caught next? up on it, but yeah, neither am I. It's fantastic. It is. I mean, you've got uh, what's the kid's name? I don't know, oh, but he um, nails it. That guy. Highmore. Yeah, yeah, pretty Highmore. He's and awesome. Vera, Wasn't that Vera the kid Farmer, on uh, freaking Finding Neverland or something? He was in something so. when he was little. Well, he, well no, and he, he was, was in uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, that's but the one. I want to say, he, but I thought he was also in. In that one too, in uh, Finding Neverland or whatever. Maybe. Maybe, but he yeah, like, he's he's still great. Yeah, he was like this cute like kid actor. He did all these cute movies, and now he's like. <laughs> now he wants the most major, awkward kid ever. Major acting chops, though, for sure. And Vera Farmiga is oh. amazing as well. Amazing, I love her. Love. Yeah. So it's really cool, Sam, to see it see the normal kid and a normal mom start off knowing where it's going to end up and just 
yeah. see it slowly happen. Mm-hmm. And why and how and it's fucking cool. It's really cool. And it's such a it's got a great vibe to the show and mm-hmm. everybody in it's awesome and I love it. So is it, it kinda of more it's more drama kinda of then? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Kind of. Yeah, but it's it's a it's horror too. Yeah, for sure. I mean I think it starts out like the first season is definitely more in the, in the dramatic. Uh huh mode and it slowly like starts to unravel as you go along and it's just it's it's That's excellent good. the only it's the only weird mystery. the only weird thing about it at first is that it takes place in modern times yeah yeah it's a so, little like, jarring there's cell phones and stuff but, but I mean, they just kind of di- i mean it's it still makes sense in that film yeah but it has a vintage feel, like oh, the house, the hotel, the house and the motel, like they're still kind of in that era, and I feel like the costume and set yep. design kind of lends itself yep. to that too. I think it was just more of a they opted to go for that instead of going for the gimmick of making it set way back then because I think yeah. I don't think it would have been as successful if they would have done it back then. Well, and it was probably cheaper to do it more modern because I mean, exactly. honestly, making things retro expensive as fuck. Yeah. So, but I, it doesn't. After initially, it doesn't bother you anymore. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't. You don't it. realize that it, it that it is. You know, I mean, it's modern, but you don't think about it. It's not off-putting at all. So good. It's worth a watch. Totally recommend yeah, totally. Bates Motel. For show. Since we're talking about Psycho, did you guys see the Hitchcock? Yeah, uh, movie with Anthony with, uh, Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. Oh, I, still I really like that too. Oh, it's so good. I want to see it. And uh, see it. Um, Helen Mirren. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, she is. I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really really good. For show. Yep, yep. Fat guys rule. Basically, that's what. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that Toby Englishman. He looked at me when he said it. I did. I didn't mean to. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with being a fat guy from Iowa. I know. (laughs) So anyway, (laughs) (laughs) was that your impression? Concludes our. Oh my gosh! I actually had a pretty good Hitchcock, right? Yeah. No. No. God damn it, John! (laughs) I uh have another thing to, i hate to keep bringing up things hotels and motels are like that's a really good setting Apparently yeah I really it is like things because it's made. like a temporary feel to it yeah. you know it's like a not it's safe really, place a lot of them are like you know i love isolation films i mean we've talked yes. about that before and mm-hmm. that's what so many of these are so i think that's why i really like this setting <laughs> but and every and time this, we're in a hotel it's like no rules you know, it's like, <laughs> You're just getting psyched for next week. I am. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I have a a mini series that's kind of horror ish, maybe, but it's really awesome, and I think everyone should watch it if they haven't seen it. Okay. Uh, it's called The Lost Room. Anyone? I've never heard of this. It's more. It was a sci-fi. It's more sci-fi. But it has hor- enough horror elements for me to bring it up. <laughs> uh, no one's seen this? Okay, yeah, everyone needs it. to yeah. watch this fucking show. <laughs> it has um, Peter, Peter Krause, 
from Six Feet Under. Oh, really? So it, he's the main. He's like the lead character, and Juliana Margulies, um, fucking lots of people. What Elle channel Fanning. is this on? How have I not heard of this? It was a sci-fi original miniseries. Oh, there you That's go. <laughs> <which>. <laughs> All right, you lost us. Okay, no, no, no. I, I agree. That's why I was tentative going into it. Like, I'm like, all right, well, it's just a mini series. It's like six hours long total. Like, they, there are three parts to it. I'm like, all right, well, I'll watch the first part at late at night, and then I'll go to bed because I had to go to work the next day. And then I watched the first part, and I was up until four in the morning because I could not stop watching it. Oh, like, okay. It was so good. I mean, it's rated 8.3 on IMDb. That's pretty yeah. fucking high, okay? Mm. It does. Um, yeah, Mike. <laughs> well, basically, there, it's, there's a lot of weird shit that goes on. I don't want to reveal too much. But there's this mysterious room in the middle. Of, it's a mysterious hotel room in the middle of nowhere. Um, and the characters come across this key... Like, that's where you kind of start. You put this key into any any lock and turn it, and it will open into this motel room. And then there's a whole bunch of, like, I don't want to, just watch it. It is so, <laughs> so good and so addicting and really, really cool. And I am so sad that not enough people have seen this. And I take back the six hours. It's only, like, four four and a half. So it's not even that long, like, for a miniseries. I need to own it and just make all you fuckers watch it, because I love it so much. <laughs> well, now you said it on the show, thousands of people are rushing to Amazon oh right God, now. Oh my God, watch it! It is so good! <sighs> love it. Do you love it? I really, I really, really love it. <laughs> it is in my cart right now to buy the next time I buy things from Amazon. <laughs> Once you get up to $35, you will get Oh, they, they upped that shit. It's like $49 now. What? Uh, yeah. It, they Are you the shitting me? Yeah, unless you have Prime, it's uh, $49 for free shipping. When did that fucking happen? Like two weeks ago. Right before ago. I had to they realized they've it was 25 forever. Since they realized that Amazon has finally closed up every brick and mortar Oh, they can do what they want can, now? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't see that coming. They're playing all along. <laughs> but yeah, I just had to give that a shout out since it was a motel room setting. Cool. Nice. Sweet. Alright, gang, what do you think? Just yep. wrap up this discussion and take a break. Sound good? Sounds sure. Sure. Okay, so we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll do some segments. Good evening. It's intermission time. Our service is friendly and quick. You'll find hot dogs, hamburgers, pizza, your favorite candies, hot and cold beverages, and other delicious snacks. So add to your fun of watching the movie. Visit our refreshment stand right now. We're glad to have you with us tonight. We hope you'll come to see us often. It's great to get out to the movies. Hey everybody, this is Wayne. This is Zip. Lori. Brian. Doug. And we're the Necronomicast, a weekly horror podcast brought to you by us, horror fans for you, 
Horror fans, we talk about movies, books, celebrity interviews, your mom. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to say. Necronomicast. Uh, we also talk about streaming movies, new movies, as well as news in horror. And that's just a sample of what you'll get on the Necronomicast. <laughs> Do we say horror movies? <laughs> Visit us at Necronomicast.com. Also visit us on Facebook. And on iTunes and all that. Necronomicast. Uh, We'll scare the shit out of you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Visit us at Necronomicast.com for more madness and horror and blood. We're good. (laughs) How are you? And we're back. And now it's time for segments. And our first segment, as always, is shout outs. It's time for shout outs! Alright, so I asked, what are your favorite horror films set in hotels and motels? And up first, we got Lindsay Alston. She says, Psycho and The Shining, of course. Well, that goes without saying. Yeah, how did we not talk about The Shining? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it got brought <laughs> up at one point. obvious one. I mean, everybody loves The Shining. We don't yeah, need to discuss it's a it given. Like, I mean, yeah, exactly. Even though we talked about Psycho. Anyway. But still, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Good job, Lindsay. Thanks for commenting. Um, Lisa Norvell Owen says, Psycho, not a movie, but American Horror Story Hotel. Huh. I haven't seen that season yet. No, me either. And duh, The Shining. <laughs> <laughs> duh. <laughs> and please don't ever mention Vagina Maggots again. Thank you, <laughs> gag. <laughs> Love you all. <laughs> Vagina maggots. Because uh. she listens to the show, apparently. Okay. There's a lot of vagina maggot talk on the last one. It's gross. Okay. Um, thanks, Lisa. Good luck trying to get them to stop talking about it. Uh, Derek John says, Psycho 2, The Shining, Motel Hell, Mountaintop Motel Massacre. Nice. No. <laughs> Vacancy. Is that another John Cusack hotel movie? Is that the trifecta? Um, I don't think uh, maybe. Oh, he I've wasn't. I've never seen that one. I don't remember. I and don't Eaten Alive. Those nice. are Derek's. Then we got Jonathan Watkins. He says Psycho, Psycho 2, and Intensity. <laughs> okay. And then he says, I meant identity. <laughs> Because uh. <laughs> we're all like yeah. trying not to say it, right? And then, <laughs> and then uh, Derek Patello, he says, Psycho, The Shining, Room 41408, Identity, Daughters of Darkness. No? City of the Dead, The Beyond. Come on, The Beyond. What the oh, fuck, Saunders? Oh, you know what's, yeah, what's, what's sad? Is that like The Beyond was one of the top. Top three movies that I thought of when I came up with this topic. Like, <laughs> it was one of the movies that helped establish this topic, and we didn't talk we about it. 
the beyond or how i remember it as the seven doors of death when i first sorry. watched yeah. it oh yeah yeah gross that was such a bad version anyway yeah yeah that was, yeah um mike but, you and i failed on this one seriously seriously yeah we're both italian guys why uh, why the fuck did we discuss Guess that derrick uh, wins mm. on the italian game today fellas dang it. you guys lose <laughs> But like, and but the Beyond is awesome, and it is so awesome. Yeah, I, I honestly will say I will say this, and I know it's probably not the popular opinion, but it's my favorite Fulci. It really is because I think it's There's just nothing wrong with that. I think between that and City of the Living Dead is his two most atmospheric films, and that's what I really get into, uh, especially with the Beyond. Like that final shot is oh, just man. so beautiful. Well, his stuff is just so, I mean, a lot of it's very violent, but it's so varied. Yeah. You People can have so many favorite movies of his. Nobody, to me, nobody's right in what's the best one. But yeah, it's definitely, definitely up there. Well, it just seems like the popular, popular consensus is zombie. You know, but... Yeah, which is a fine movie and all, but I mean, it's it's because it's a zombie movie. That's why people like it. Yeah, yeah. That's well, so that it's got a couple iconic moments. Zombie, you know, shark. Oh, zombie yeah. fighting shark and the splinter in the eye, which is probably still one of the best crafted scenes he's ever done. Oh yeah, but man, the beyond. There's just so many good shots. Mm-hmm. Just, like you said, atmospheric. Yeah, all the way through that thing. Yeah. Cool. He said, "I'm sure there are others, but I can't think of them." And uh, Mike Franklin. He says, Identity, for sure. Rubber was also a great film. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. No? <laughs> what? I liked it. Rubber? That's okay. great. Oh. And, where is he? And then he said, uh, The Devil's Rejects had some great motel set pieces. Oh, for Definitely. sure. That's very true. Sure, that's like yeah. the iconic moment of that movie. About that. That's yeah. a brutal fucking scene. Mm-hmm. Boobs. Distracted. Okay. Thanks, Mike. You're welcome. Us, uh, Franklin. Mike Franklin. Oh, sorry. Corey Ferguson says four rooms. <laughs> I, but it, and he's he's another buddy of mine. But he is onto something. I mean, that is a great movie. It has horror elements. Definitely. It has. Yeah. It yeah. has the the whole witches thing. The witches. Yeah. Well, and even honestly, the last. The last room or last segment is the pretty finger, fucked up. The one where they're chopping off fingers. Well, yeah. that's 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 actually a remake of an Alfred Hitchcock Presents episode. Yeah, because Tarantino did it, so it's a or was it Twilight Zone? <laughs> fucking ripoff. Well, yeah, <laughs> no, it's it, right? it's totally stri- ripped him off. It straight up is, on. and well, that's like the one he actually admits to. But no, yeah. it's a, I can't remember if it's a Twilight Zone or Alfred Hitchcock Presents. But it's a remake of one of those like horror anthology shows mm-hmm. episodes yeah. that had like Peter Lorre in it. I can't remember the name of the episode, the original episode either. But yeah, great point. I mean, I almost forgot about that segment to be honest with you. But, That's just a good movie in general, and yeah. I'm I'm glad my buddy brought it up. I mean, because kind yeah. of it makes me rewatch it. It's good because Tim, Tim Roth, Roth is. Oh, good. he's the he's one of the best actors. <laughs> it wasn't until that movie when I realized. That he that's that's his real accent. <laughs> First time I watched that movie, he's like, "Man, why is he doing that accent?" 
I thought he was talking. I thought he was, you know, like he is in Reservoir Dogs. So. All right. Screaming and bleeding. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Next up, we have Brian Clark. He says, "Oh, I've forgotten about Daughters of Darkness." So he's commenting on a comment. Oh man, I should have watched that one. I didn't realize that was a hotel movie. That could have been my insane pick because I had just got that here recently on uh, DVD. I think I bought it. I think I bought it when we were in Cedar Rapids at Half Price Books. How did I not buy that? I think I snagged it before you even got there. (laughs) You still made me buy stuff that day, you fucker. Did you watch that yet? (laughs) Not yet. Okay. What'd you make him buy? Debbie Debbie Don. Don. Yeah, Yeah, he'll probably like it. Of course I'm going to. Uh, he also said 1408 is also really good. I'm not fond of ghost movies, but I do feel like supernatural movies where the whole environment is hostile. And, of course, The Beyond. Woo! Hotel Hell and Eaten Alive. Well, Brian, second shout-out. Love you. Uh, and uh, Brandon Robinson says, No one has mentioned The Innkeepers yet, and that makes me sad. He must have liked it Fuck too. That guy. Oh well, we 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 spent plenty of time on the innkeepers yeah. there for you. Buddy. I, I already told him while recording this that we discussed it. So <laughs> oh, is that what the? <laughs> so he'll, he'll he'll be happy. And even more importantly, Mike admitted he was wrong. Exactly. I know, right? Yeah. He's a flip. This is an epic special episode. Yes, it, it really is. <laughs> and then uh, lastly on Facebook is Brian Clark. He says. Damn it, how did I forget that? It makes me sad, too. <laughs> Those kids, and they're talking to each other and not us. That's awesome. My friends are dominating the fucking Facebook. <laughs> At least there's comments. That's yeah, awesome. we'll take them, man. All right, and then on Twitter, we got uh, Chris Cook at Counting Cook. says, Motel Hell, what a messed up movie, but so much fun. With a, with a little pig. <laughs> face that's awesome <laughs> and then uh, Brava the movie at Brava movie said The Shining and Psycho all day all day every day that's right and then uh, our new super pal Martin Maselli says Woo! Motel Hell The Innkeepers The Toolbox Murders nice yeah. oh yeah cause didn't think of that he kind of goes through them yeah. And of course, Psycho. That's Martin Maselli at Not Old Just Retro on Twitter. <laughs> nice. And that's all we have for Twitter. And no one's called in yet, but uh, you can leave us your comments anytime on Twitter, Facebook, and if you want to call in and leave your message, you can call 415-952-6857. That's a six eight five seven. Or if you can't remember all those numbers. You can also call 415-95-AOTKP. And that's shout-outs. Woo! Thanks, Jason. You're welcome. So, let's go over to... Um, John's? <laughs> I still don't have a name for this segment. It's called Somebody come up with something. John's rant. With, uh, John pissed about John something. John hates stuff. <laughs> All right. So... So take it away, John. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even describe how much I hate this movie. All right, so I, like the fucking idiot I am, uh-huh, uh-huh, <laughs> Martyrs remake. Martyrs, you bought it. I bought the fucking remake. You, you bought it. it. You knew it. 
What are you I doing? I knew it suck, but I bought it anyway. Oh, but anyway, man. oh my god, this is this is a <clears throat> shitty movie on a whole other level. They even say in the trivia, the directors say we wanted to tone down the violence. The fuck. Here. I'm not saying like the whole reason why the the first movie is amazing is because of the violence, but it really makes you feel that fucking movie that much harder. Yeah. Like it's really impactful. And this is, to me, barely PG-13 violence. Oh, my God. But that's just me. I mean, I'm pretty desensitized to stuff. But there is nothing redeemable about this movie. Like, I hate this movie so fucking much. They they slightly change the story, but not enough to uh, make it any better. I mean, it's still the same kind of situation. Still start, starts off with this girl being abused when she's, like, what, 10 years old? Um, and I, I'm trying to remember the guy's name. Frankie. Uh, Toby, Toby Huss, I want to say is what his name is. He, uh, played Artie, the strongest man in the world on Pete and Pete. <laughs> He's in this movie and he is so fucking unbelievable as a bad guy. It's ridiculous. That's all I could see. And he's from Marshalltown, Iowa. Oh, no kidding. So, like, all I see is Artie, the strongest man in the world in this movie. He's not in it very much, but it's enough to to ruin it for me. Like, he's not a bad actor. It's just, dude, you're not a tough guy. You're Artie. Put on <laughs> glasses and your red, you know, shirt and jump away or whatever. But uh, who, who has seen this movie other than Mike? Terry, have you seen it? The original, you mean? Yeah. Uh, Sam, have you seen the original? The original, yeah. Okay. So... Well, you guys will at least understand the uh, the skin scene. Yeah. And that was, like, really incredibly hard to watch. Yeah, so how do they get around that? Oh, they get around it by make, making it look like they're pulling off beef jerky off about a two-foot, you know, <laughs> part of her back. It's seriously so bad. Like, it, they just, like, l- lightly pull off a section of her back. And that's supposed to be horrific. It mm. was such... A waste of my time. I mean, I could go on and on about how weak this movie is, but it's, I mean, it's seriously fucking bad. And there's like one special feature on the Blu ray, and they talk about how the original fans are really going to like this movie. (laughs) You really haven't seen the original movie, have you? Like, oh my fucking God. (sighs) The. Yeah, the directors clearly had no clue what kind of uh, material they they were working with. I mean, they they totally took it from a fucking hardcore movie down to a Disney level. Oh, to, at least to me, like it's just there's nothing good about it. Oh, it loses every ounce of impact that the original had. It the like you and I kind of briefly talked about how they redid the or rewrote the ending and it's yeah because because she gets she gets away in the end of the remake doesn't she well not really oh okay (laughs) well in the remake it's i don't want to give away the ending but it gives this this sappy yeah it gives it this sappy feel like the one chick who gets skinned is dead and oh she's a martyr now well the one girl 
has a, a flashback to uh, a conversation that they had when they were like 12. And it's like, where do you want to go? Anywhere you want to. So then she fucking dies. Okay. So now you have these two chicks dead. Nothing really happened throughout the entire movie. Other than the first, like, ten minutes are very similar to the first ten minutes of the other movie. There's nothing... Ugh. So, hold on a second. Um, so, because in the original movie, um, you have the two girls, and the yeah. the one girl um, goes to help out the other girl, because she shows up at this house and blows away yeah. this family with a shotgun, and then freaks out and calls her friend, and her friend comes to kind of help clean up. Yeah, and then there's a full descent in the madness with the uh, the weird creature in the bathtub or whatever, and then the girl commits suicide, and then she kills herself, right? And then so, the one girl gets and abused, then, and then the other girl gets sucked into what's actually going on. Yeah. So are you trying to tell me the the girl that commits suicide survives and then goes through the martyr thing just to yeah die at the end or whatever? Yeah. What I want to say that because they kind of swapped roles, but like the girls, both girls live until the end. What? And it's we really should call this John's drunken review because John doesn't care about this movie. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's my friend actually likes this movie, and I want to. And he's still your pay, friend. Well, what did they see the original though? Yeah, and she loves the original. But I want to oh. pay my wife. Terry to slap the crap out of her because I refused to hit a woman. But it's just not good. Like, seriously, the Martyrs, the original, is so hard to watch. Even I mean, yes. I've watched it like five times, but it's still difficult Sicko. to watch considering yeah, well, <laughs> I'm weird. But it's yeah. still an incredibly hard movie to watch. I mean, it's you actually feel for the character. In this one, I was just waiting for them to die. Because nothing, nothing felt... Like they were actually being abused or tortured. It was just a little bit of vi- like a small amount of violence just for the sake of violence. I mean, it really felt like going from the original to this, it felt like going to a PG 13 movie. I've Man. seen worse stuff on Criminal Minds. Man, that's a bummer. And to like, because that's one of the things that's so impactful of the first film is that. When that's when the second girl she, uh, you know, she gets tortured the way she, that she does, and one of the things that also makes that impactful is that she's alone and isolated. Yeah. So that really bugs me that the other girl is right there with her. You know, that kind of I don't know, but you just I I felt so deeply for what was going on with that poor girl through the movie that it literally affected me emotionally for weeks. It's yeah, it's a hard movie to watch, and this one could, like I said, could have been a Criminal Minds episode. Like they had the the you know how there's the society that's trying to find the the meaning of the afterlife or whatever. Yeah. Like the, there's a scene, and it's not even difficult to watch because it's so ridiculously filmed. There's a scene where they they set a girl on fire. They set her on fire at the stake. And but it's surrounded. It's like watching an execution, I guess, because uh-huh. there's like fifteen or twenty people watching this go on. And from what I remember, nothing like that happened in the original. No, it wasn't like everybody watching somebody die. It was, it was a bit more uh, uh, low, not low key, but. Uh, well, it's just when you get into that last twenty minutes of the first movie, it just turns into nothing but 
this girl getting tortured um, to the point of, you know, just being pushed to the brink of death to where, you know, that they're hoping that she could see what the afterlife is before death. Yeah. You know, just a total, a total mindfuck of let's totally destroy this person, this person physically and emotionally. Like, and what kills me is just watching it happen. Not so much the physical abuse, but I could just see the mental breakdown of this girl through scene after scene of these of this torture to the point of like, well, even if she escapes now, it's all hope is still lost because she's not even human she's, anymore. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I love the original. And this one just it loses all of that impact. There's there's nothing in this movie comes close to the original. I mean, Susie, you've seen the original, right? Uh, the Martyr? Yeah. Yeah. What yeah do you... I've seen it at a convention one time. Yeah. Ooh, like on a big screen? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't nice. know if I could handle that. <laughs> nice, nice, but fucked up. Scary. <laughs> yeah. But it was good. I liked it. Oh, I liked it. Yeah. I mean, did you feel that that emotional drain that what yes. was watching that movie? Yes. I was oh, done. I was done once it... I mean, I couldn't leave the room, though. I wanted to see every second of it. But I, once it was yeah. over, I was done. Absolutely. <laughs> I just wanted to go back. You feel dead inside watching it. Yeah. I just wanted to go back and to the hotel and watch a Disney movie or something to save myself. But <laughs> Let's go watch Aladdin. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you're not wrong, yeah. Holy cow. But all I wanted to do when I watched the remake of Martyrs was watch the original. There's... And, I mean, I can see how somebody who had never seen the original would maybe like the, the remake. But it's just so incredibly watered down that mm-hmm. I just... Ugh. And that's too bad. It makes me angry. <laughs> and that just, I don't know, it just kind of misses the missed the point of what the original movie was. Well, and it's 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 one of the reasons why remakes get such a bad fucking name. Yeah. I mean, I I've tried not to hate on remakes so much unless I've seen them. You know, of course. I mean, like we talked about earlier and we've talked about it on other episodes, the Maniac remake that is such a perfect example of such an amazing remake. It does so much. And then you got somebody that comes along and does a Martyrs remake. And, oh, fucking hell. They don't, <laughs> they just don't get it. They didn't get the original. They they said, well, we're not doing a remake. We're reimagining it with, you know, the si- similar themes and, and whatnot. It's like, did you watch this edited on fucking Fox or something? Because <laughs> you clearly didn't see the same movie that I did. The edited version is a short film. Um, cause he'd have to cut out so much. Yeah. There'd be like five minutes of movie. Bottom <laughs> <laughs> uh, line, this is a shit fest. Uh, I didn't, I, I was going to prepare a little bit more for my review for this, but I didn't want to think about this movie any longer. <laughs> <laughs> so I've, I've been winging it. Like it just, it really pisses me off that much. So my next review of a movie will be much more professional, but this just fucking sucked. I'm sorry. 
If if anybody on this pod that listens to this podcast is a fan, I try to convince me to like this. Seriously, try, but it ain't gonna fucking happen. Yeah. Now I know how Mike feels about knock knock. <laughs> yep. For sure. All right. Well, thanks, John. Now I don't have to watch it. Um, <laughs> so let's head on over to the world of literature. With wicked words, with wear tear. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. Wicked words with wear tear. This time I've got something a little different because it was brought to my attention that Mr. Stephen King himself is coming out from under his rock and is getting out across the United States for a book tour. Ooh. Holy shnikes. Like, uh, it's going to be in June. Um, he's celebrating the release of his book, the end of watch, which is the final chapter in his trilogy about detective bill Hodges. Um, I think the first two books, there was like finders keepers and Mr. Mercedes were the first two. Um, but I got so excited because for all of you, Iowa peeps, like he is going to be in Iowa city. He's coming here. He's coming to Iowa. What the fuck? You freaking out or what? But it's it's on like a weird day. It's on like yeah. a Monday Dumb. for That's Iowa not... City. But uh, still, it's pretty freaking sweet. And if you can get out and get tickets to these events, um, from the sound of it, um, he's basically, bookstores are kind of sponsoring um, his visits and each visit is going to be like, he's going to be up on stage having a conversation and doing kind of Q and A's and there will be a limited number of, of books that will be pre-signed and that will be um, able to be able to get those at each event. But it's pretty sweet. Uh, The tour runs from June 7th through the 18th um, and it goes all over the United States. So hopefully you can catch one near where you live so keep an eye on that um there's a list of the uh the tour dates and locations on his website stephenking.com so yeah look out for that yeah it's awesome sweet fine i will (laughs) (laughs) all right boils and ghouls it's your favorite time of the episode. It's time for Insane's Picks. movie for this episode why well because i put it off to oh, last okay. minute that makes sense so i don't have a movie that's themed to the episode what 
Bart. Slacker. I don't have a movie that's themed to the episode. Oh. Did you hear me that time? Yeah. Huh? Okay. I don't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> don't make him so, count. Oh. So I, I tried to pick something that I've watched recently, and I went back and revisited um, a very early Fred Olin Ray film. That's right, 1982's Scalps. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> what? That was going to be my next review. <laughs> Are you, you're, you're kidding, right? No, I'm not. <laughs> I bought that specifically for the show. Anyway, <laughs> it's a good thing I bought uh, something else for the, you know. <laughs> but seriously, god damn it. <laughs> I could come up with something else real quick. No, 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 dude. <laughs> so that's fucking hilarious. But only you or I would uh, come up with yeah. scalps. <laughs> seriously. Well, you should still do it. I, w- I would love to hear well, your are review you reviewing of the movie or the DVD itself? Um, Probably a little of both. Okay, well, then I'll just do something else. <laughs> but that's right. fucking hilarious. Well, you, you, well, hear what I have to say, and then you can decide if you okay. want to do it or not. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, anyway, um, Scalps from 1982, Fred Olin Ray, and I'm a huge Fred Olin, Olin Ray fan, especially the stuff he did in the 80s, more than anything else. Um, and this was like his first film that got an actual distribution. Um, it was shot on 16mm and um, was inspired by all things... Uh, the Death Curse of, uh, uh, I'm sorry, let me do that again. Death Curse of Tartu. And if you've ever seen Death Curse of Tartu from 1967, which I know I've talked about in the Saints Picks before, because that was put out by something weird. Um, and uh, if you've ever seen that movie, that movie is like, you know, it's awesome, but it's not very good. So the idea that Scalps is inspired by that kind of makes me chuckle a little bit. Anyway, so what Scalps is... Um, <clears throat> It's these uh the these kids are are um um shoot these students um they're doing an ex um uh, well they're in the desert <laughs> um and they unleash this Indian spirit uh that uh possesses one of the students and um they go around scalping everybody. Hence the name Scalps. So, um, it could be, probably come off a little bit uh, racist against uh, the Native Americans um, in this movie. Maybe a little bit. Uh, one of the interesting things about this movie is Fred Owen Ray is, is voiced loudly on a number of occasions that this was not the version of the movie that, uh, that he had in mind. Um, the uh, distributors he- heavily re-edited the film and did some things that didn't even make sense in the final film. Um, like, there's moments in the movie where you see this lion head special effect mask thing that's supposed to be, like, the ghost or whatever. Um, and it's only really was actually ever supposed to be used in one shot, and that was when the ghost was first um, unleashed. But they layer this the shot throughout the entire movie, even in the beginning of the movie when the um, when the students are driving through the desert. So it doesn't even make any sense on why it's even there. And they linger on the shot way longer than Fred Olin Ray intended to. So you really get a you know it, at a quick glance, it would have been a cool looking effect. But staring at it as long as you get to, um, it really comes off as, as pretty bad. So um, <clears throat> I first saw this movie. Back in the VHS days, on a 
big box continental two pack with the movie um, Slayer. And I don't remember Slayer to save my life, but Scalps totally stuck with me. And I think I was even the first time I ever saw a Fred Olin Ray movie. Um, it's got some good gore, uh, gets, gets pretty violent in some scenes, which is really uncharacteristic for Fred Olin Ray. Um, probably since it was one of his earlier, earlier films, he was just trying to find his, his, uh, his feet in filmmaking, but, uh, he's often said that, uh, that's why a lot of his, his, like, horror films are far more tongue-in-cheek, um, because he just doesn't really like, you know, heavy violence like that, so, um, <clears throat> Uh, even though it is pretty low budget and uh, comes off kind of kind of you know bad acting and and um, um, you know not showing uh, very good skill behind the camera and whatnot, there's still some elements in this movie that I find uh, find pretty creepy and, and the scalping effects themselves uh, turn out pretty well. Uh, it's got uh, Kurt Allen in it, who was one of the original Supermans in the original um, Superman serials uh, back in the the was the twenties or whatever, um, and of course a a appearance by Forrest J. Ackerman in the movie where he's carrying around a copy of Famous Monsters of Filmland as he does. Um, the DVD uh, was put on on his company Retro Media, and I love I love Retro Media discs. Um, they always got some really cool stuff, including this one having a commentary track by Fred Olin Ray. Um, and I've always really enjoyed Fred Olin Ray's commentaries, even though there are times he gets kind of, um, up on a soapbox about things. But, uh, but the knowledge and the trivia that the man shares is, is beyond. Um, probably one of the best commentaries to ever feature Fred Olin Ray would be on the commentary track for Shockwave, the zombie Nazi movie put out by Blue Underground. Um, that one, it's got the director, Fred Olin Ray, and Alan Ornsby, who did the special effects. And during the whole commentary track, Fred Olin Ray is just spouting trivia after trivia after trivia, to the point where Alan Ornsby looks at Fred Olin Ray and says, like, how do you remember all this shit? <laughs> so, um, even though that's not a Fred Olin Ray movie, Fred Olin Ray's in top four on, on, that, on that commentary track, so I would, I would recommend checking that out as well. But, if you like cheesy early 80s movies shot on 16mm, if you like um, stereotyping the Native, Native American people, then I would suggest checking out Scalps. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So there, there you can you can still do a review because it'd be way better than what I just did. <laughs> yeah, really? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. You you heard me mumble my through martyrs, so I don't know. Well, that was just pure rage. You know, when you get really <laughs> angry, you can't talk right. You know, yeah. <sighs> Fuck that movie! Seriously, goddamn. See, that's what I'm talking <sighs> about. So, so I, I get it. It's I understand. So much hate. Okay, so that wraps up this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. I want to thank everybody for being on. Uh, let's thank uh, Susie for hopping on. Susie! Yeah. Great having you back, finally. She stayed awake the whole time. <laughs> yep, I was awake the whole time. It's quarter after 11 in my time. So oh, good. I'm sorry. Oh, it's fine. Oh, no, don't worry about it. It's fun. I like that. 
Good, good. Hey, we well, like having you on. We love having you on, and hopefully we can get you back sooner. Absolutely. Good. Good. <laughs> All right, and, you know, for the rest of you guys, you know, whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Great. <laughs> anyway, um, thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, we got some cool stuff coming up in the works here on Attack of the Killer Podcast. Next episode so, 100. Next episode is a biggie. Yes, 100. 100 episodes Three of this digits. bullshit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you would add all those hours together, holy crap. Yeah. And of actual decent content, then you got about an hour. Yeah. But anyway, until next time, we'll see you. Bye-bye. I don't do outros. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, could this be the end of... What?